Good morning. Chuck Tomahawk in the house, man. How's it going? I'm doing well. Good morning, Alex. <laughs> How you doing? I'm not too bad. It's uh, I think it's a little bit earlier here than it is where you are, but I'm feeling pretty good. I got my coffee and I'm excited to talk about gaming. Yeah, me too. It's a nice uh, Friday morning here in Nashville and um, yeah, I'm excited too. Let's get into it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, Shoot, welcome everyone. Um, welcome listeners, gamers, non-gamers, PvEers, PvPers, even NPCs. We don't discriminate. We're happy to have you here. And uh, Chuck Tomahawk and myself, we've been kind of excited to get this podcast going because, well, I, I guess, gosh, well, what's the origin story here? We kind of were just talking about gaming, of course, and we were talking about old games, I think. I don't remember. I think we were playing Ark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we may have been uh, we we may have been farming or something like that. Yeah, in a long metal run and uh, (laughs) (laughs) kind of uh, um, yeah, just you know talking about what's out there and uh, information and whatnot, and uh, I think that kind of led us to this, and uh, here we are. Yeah, we were having like a like some nostalgic flashbacks, talking about Ataris and Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I think Sega came up in that conversation. There was a moment about blockbuster too, sharing some uh, experiences there and i think we were both just kind of like found ourselves like just totally reflecting on those good old times but yeah. also yeah you know. And, and, you know that that ultimately led me to start thinking about the intellivision and uh um yeah we started talking about that and uh yeah just kind of sort of started to see uh you know possibly one of the pillars of uh of something that we wanted to talk about and uh uh, enjoyed talking about and thought you guys might want to would probably enjoy getting in on that with us so um yeah that kind of led to this and um it uh i'm excited to talk about it it's some of the best memories i have as a kid uh you know spending Absolutely. time with my friends uh playing on, on the, the first generations of, of and second generation consoles and um yeah it's uh it's been really fun uh, kind of researching that and going back oh, and man. visiting some of those memories <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, just just chit chatting with you about it during, uh, you know, our, our regular gaming, uh, playing Ark, Ark Survival Evolved. It's a big game we've been playing lately. A uh, little bit of Warzone here and there. But well, I mean, just as you mentioned there, Tomahawk, uh, that's kind of what we're looking to get at with this podcast, everyone, is to uh, just kind of look back, you know, in generations past at we'll call it gaming, gaming culture, gaming tech. You know, there'll probably be some other subjects that come up in there, but um, that's kind of what the pillar of this podcast is or what we wanted to dive into. And who knows where it goes? I mean, we're not going to put too much production or uh, editing, I suppose, or, or, you know, too much. um, We don't want to make it stale. You know, we just want to have fun conversations about things past and how they've kind of evolved to date and how they've produce the games and gaming experiences and and the contrasts that we um, maybe don't even realize are there you know if you're a, a younger gamer you know, a lot of these things that we make bring up you've never uh, seen experienced or played perhaps or maybe you have but we still want to you know 
I guess, keep them alive in a way, at least in our nostalgic thoughts. And that's kind of what we were looking at, looking to get at here with this. Yeah, you know, I, I think ultimately, you know, as we, we've been talking, we, we've kind of um, looked at what what are some of the motivations that, that brings people to gaming. And uh, I think uh, just as you're describing the kind of the some of the, you know, when we're not super hyper focused on uh, defeating a boss or something like that in a game, maybe doing more of a, a grinding uh, farming type situation, uh, it's a it's an awesome time to hang out. And, um, you know, we really enjoyed those conversations, uh, kind of giving each other a hard time, making jokes, that kind of thing. And, uh, mm. um, yeah, we uh, we kind of thought you guys might enjoy uh, listening in on some of that, too. And uh, I know we have fun making it and, um, and talking about it. So, uh, yeah, that... Uh, Hopefully that uh, transfers through to you guys too, their listeners. Yeah, yeah. I guess we just like like why don't we hit record while we're having these convos and uh, flying around flying around on our wyverns, <laughs> or you know trying to unlock all those attachments. Yeah. So um, so yep, um, coming at you as Ovox. That's my gamer tag. Chuck mm-hmm. Tomahawk here. That's his gamer tag, and we're happy to be with you. Um, we may use cheat codes in this podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> from time to time, mm-hmm. uh, namely Google, because um, we're certainly not, uh, I wouldn't say that we're gaming historians, so we, make a, we may make a mistake here or there from time to time when talking about old stuff or new stuff, so we're going to have that Google there ready to go. Uh, and mm-hmm. even if we do make any you know small mistakes or errors, you're always welcome to write in. Uh, we'll probably touch on our... Um, our contact info at the end of the podcast, but you're always welcome to write in with ideas, maybe topics you'd like us to talk about or dive into, or uh, just corrections. We're you know we're pretty chill. We're open. You can write us. We'll uh, leave that at the end of the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. What else do we got for this intro? I think that's it. Uh, Tomahawk, you kind of mentioned earlier it was uh, could have been taken advantage of as a segue. I didn't want to jump into it quite yet because we were still kind of knocking out this intro but you mentioned the Intellivision and I think you were kind of excited to to talk (laughs) about this topic today so that's that's kind of what we're going to be discussing today the Intellivision Mm -hmm. what it was what it came to be what it uh converted into there were I think there were a few versions there or generations we won't dive quite into that yet and then it evolved into a a newer platform that is still a topic of discussion today I think it certainly was last year and uh and then we'll uh but shoot you know what before before we gosh before we dive into the intellivision john uh chuck tom hawk by the way our our names may come out from time to time it's going to be inevitable <laughs> yeah john and ryan <laughs> okay ovox and chuck Tomahawk. but um i forgot to mention before we get too far ahead uh it's going to be an inve- inevitable we're going to be chit-chatting and bsing from time to time and uh, I think it's just kind of fun to discuss uh, not so topic oriented subjects before we get into the main discussion. So what I'll always do is, or what we'll always do uh, to make it easier for you uh, joining us and listening in is we'll leave in the show notes a uh, timestamp, I think it's called, mm-hmm. where the actual main topic uh, begins. But um, before we dive dive into the Intellivision, uh, aside from ARC, what have you been gaming on lately, Chuck? You know, lately I, um, um, you know, we, I think we, this is our second time playing ARC. Uh, there was kind of like maybe a year or two in between, uh, 
when we had played it together. And uh, before we started into that, I, I was playing a game uh, of FIFA, which uh, I, I think, you know, I saw some information. It's the most popular video game in the world, like uh, as far as, you know, just the number of people that play it and uh, kind of all the, the sporting uh, tournaments and things like that that go on with it. But uh, yeah, so I've came back to that uh, recently. I've been playing the uh, we, we've sort of been on a break from Ark uh, because of a wipe coming up on our server. And, um, oh, man, yeah. Yeah, which has been torturous <laughs> for me and uh, I'm sure you as well. But I've uh, uh, been having uh, thoughts of... Um, I think uh, it's been harder on you, Chuck Tomahawk, because it still has its claws in you deep, man. It does. It does. Uh, You're in that first year phase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have to say the the idea of starting my own server has has really crossed my mind quite a few times, but uh, <laughs> I kind of want to learn some more before I go that uh, that deep in. But uh, yeah, I I, um, I, I kind of um, been playing mostly FIFA. Um, we did do a little Warzone the other night, uh, and um, th- th- that's kind of been it. And Man, yeah, man, I, like, yeah, super excited to get back into art, like watching art videos and things like that. Um, yeah, kind of learn a little bit about how the servers work and uh, who Natrato is and who runs the official servers and all that. that kind oh, I'm of sure there's stuff. absolutely. I'm sure there's a lot of resources you can find all that. In fact, I know there are. I've seen videos on YouTube where they kind of uh, have how tos and trainings on how to run servers and clusters and stuff like that. Um, yeah. but Hey, on that FIFA, man, that I gotta admit, uh, I was surprised when you mentioned you were actually, I spotted it there on that, on the friends list, who's gaming what. And, uh, I saw you were playing that FIFA and I was like, no shit, Tomahawk, <laughs> man, he's got that, he's busting out those goals. <laughs> I think that's always any hockey game. Like even when I think back, uh, you know, to these first and second generation consoles, any hockey game or soccer game, I always was attracted to, uh, not because I played those sports personally in the league and whatnot, but because it is so hard to score. I think there's uh, I saw a joke on the Simpsons once where, uh, Homer said that he had watched, uh, watched a hundred hours of, of soccer and he almost saw a goal. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of how it can feel sometimes. Uh, uh, so when you get that goal, yeah, you're coming up out of the seat, you know, and uh, like, yeah, you're super excited about it. Uh, that's awesome. When I, I was always, oh, sorry, go ahead, no, you go ahead. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I never really got into sports games a whole bunch. Um, played some racing, you know, played the, the NFL games. There was one back in the day. I think it was was it? Oh, Blitz. Mm-hmm. Do you remember yeah, that? NFL I Blitz. I think NFL they, Blitz. Yeah, man. That, I think that that was a particularly fun NFL game because the characters uh, they just moved funny or they made jokes. I think or whatever. If you'd get a touchdown or you would tackle someone, yeah. they would do an extra like power slam on the character. I don't. I think it was like that. I might be yeah. totally uh, remembering it, it, wrong, it, but. But, You're kind but, of but what I want some memories of a robot based game that that a football game that I used to have that I don't remember the name of for sure uh if anybody oh, out there the does let me robots? Know. It, and it did some things like you're talking about uh kind mm. of uh yeah but what I was going to get at is uh FIFA when uh when I was in uni uh all, uh, university all my roommates man had they to, were I'm sure. they do they were always like I I'd, I'd I'd wake up and I was usually the one waking up early. That's just, you know, I like I wake up early. And uh, if they were up, they were playing that game, man. And I'd leave for class. They were playing that game. I'd come back. Uh, you know, there'd be like four or five dudes on the couch just 
You know, vamos, 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 echa gol, gol, gol. Así, corre, 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 súbete a la moto, súbete a la moto. You know, no, no, no. And, you know, just like totally, uh, just going. And eventually, eventually, mm. I had to get in there, man. I had to of get course. in there. And, uh, you know, I'd consistently get my ass kicked. But, mm-hmm. man, just that, it was fun. And I remember there was a World yeah. Cup that year and I was into it. And then uni was over and that was it. My FIFA kind of ended there. But it was a fun little experience. It, it, yeah. One of the things about the the multiplayer on it is is it, there's this drop in match sort of part of it where where you kind of end up. It can be like five on five essentially. It's it's a full soccer team like I think eleven on eleven, but you're controlling like f- there, there's like five real humans on each side, kind of you know going at it. And uh, oh, you play the real hardcore. Like- yeah, you've got we've got the headsets on, and like you know when you're messing up, like people jump on you. I mean, I heard somebody the other day, like um, one of the funny things I heard, like there was a baby baby <laughs> crying in the background, and somebody was like, <laughs> "Whose baby is that?" Like. <laughs> 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 I'm sure they probably said some other things too. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah we, we all laughed when he said it, you know, and because uh, because it was it was like the elephant in the room, sort of. We were all hearing it, you know, and uh, yeah, it, it made everyone laugh. And, and uh, but yeah, I see a lot of um, you know folks from the the Hispanic community on there for sure. Like like and and um, some of my favorite interactions is, of course, you know, my Spanish isn't super good, but it's enough, you know, I can have a decent starter conversation or whatnot and uh mm-hmm. after playing that a while i've learned the words that go with the with the soccer a little bit and uh yeah you'll have people come on there and say you know kind of in broken english like hey i don't speak that good english you know but and you know we'll try to talk to each other that that's, that's really awesome. fun yeah it's yeah. kind of like a bonding kind of thing that you get going yeah, there and, and um I, th- that's one of my favorite parts believe it or not is I enjoy like an assist almost as much as I enjoy a goal. Like like when you really set someone up for something super nice. Like, like oh it, yeah, it dude, and they really get that. Good. Yeah, they get the cabezazo, <laughs> or they'll, yeah, they get the, yeah, yeah. yeah the, like a nice cross to me is like like that's where I put a lot of this stat. There, there's a part in the game uh, called pro clubs, and you can actually start your own player. So I have my own, you know, Chuck Tomahawk. I make him like as tall as me and as big as me and like it you know no one as big as me plays soccer so it immediately stands out like people are like what in the world and and, uh, so uh, yeah you know and that's kind of his role like like he's not super fast but he's really strong and uh, he can kind of defend defend really well and uh, yeah it's you know it's been fun but I'm ready to go back to arc anytime yeah Uh, that's that's a whole different ball game there with that uh, online uh, gaming uh, with having uh, people that you don't know connecting on there with you. Um, similar thing happens there on that war zone. If you don't, you know, if none of your boys are on, you got to kind of team up. You don't have to. You can close the the team, but you end up teaming up with folks that you don't know, and yeah. uh, you never know what country they're from. And um, I, you know, and another thing, uh, you know, how war zone's got that that um, you know when you take out an enemy player, sometimes you can hear. What that person said, the death chat. (laughs) God, that's so funny, man. Because sometimes, you know, uh, I'll I'll get someone, you know, I'll I'll get the kill and they'll be from Mexico or from some Spanish speaking country, man. And they'll just be like, puta madre. And then you'll just, you know, just just say something like, and it just cracks me up, man. Because, you know, I know what they're saying and it's just so funny. And sometimes uh, when, you know, it's, it's, you know, obviously I'm not spending time focusing on this, but sometimes like I'll notice that the person I, um, uh, that I get is a, uh, 
No, excuse me. They'll get me. They'll kill me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'll notice that it's someone that has like a Spanish gamer tag. And if I catch that quick enough, I'll always try to say something funny in Spanish and hope that they'll hear it, you know, and just laugh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good time. I, I think it's funny that, that Activision puts that in there. Like, like you know, it's just to kind of create uh, a little bit of drama, I think. And, and you know, you, I've, I've definitely got the you're trash and like all that kind of, kind of like uh, sort of feedback from oh, people. Yeah. And, and I usually feel really stonely, like, 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 like steeled against it. But every now and then somebody gets one. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> just cracks you up. Well, it's like what? It makes, it's like what do you do with those old guns? Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, yeah. sometimes there's some really funny ones, man. <laughs> I used yeah. to use the katanas a lot, and and when you kill someone with the katanas, it especially pisses them off. Like apparently, it seems like, and they'll, they'll say something <laughs> like, like you know, to the effect that it's it's like there's no skill involved in what you're doing or, or anything like you know something like that. Um, but yeah, and, you'll get them all. But you know, we all end up doing those things. You know, yeah. they'll they'll scream at you, camper or whatever it is. It's like yeah, yeah, I was camping, but I killed you. <laughs> Uh, like i said everyone's welcome to listen in on this podcast including campers no problem we don't mind Um, that reminds me of a joke like why why do boy scouts not uh, um or or why do gamers not join the boy scouts (laughs) oh boy (laughs) because they hate camping (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well some of them do that's what they say yeah, I uh, yeah I kind of un, unapologetically do it. Uh, I feel like as a sniper, it's part of a uh, part of the game. But yeah, it it, uh, it seems yeah, like especially if you're really trying good. to get into that mood, that sniping mood, like you're taking it seriously. You're not just running around like a, you know, uh, what do they call it? Sco- um, oh, I, I quick scoping. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Dang, man. Chuck Tomahawk, man. Got that coffee in me. Got this me morning. covered, man. Got me covered. Co-host, killing it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, you know. So if you're trying to take that role, kind of more, uh, you know, philosophically, I guess, or whatever the cool word may be, but you gotta, you kind of gotta camp. Yeah, yeah, and, and you gotta, you gotta spot. You're, you're posted up. Take a couple of shots, get a couple of kills, move to the next one. Yeah. And and I feel like Warzone does a really good job of of sort of creating that that feeling a lot of times like like, like you know I was kind of mentioning you to you so? that I don't know about that I think Warzone the way it's designed the meta is you got to be moving with your squad and uh, you know if you're you and your squad are in a, in a place where you have long ranges yeah you pull you bust that out but there's never a moment really where you're like staying unless you're playing solos that would be I, different I guess I think more like like they. You know, obviously it's not like real life combat, but like it, it definitely, as far as, you know, caring about my character, it feels that way. Like I, I mentioned to you the other night, like it, it probably is <laughs> more so a statement funny. about I my gaming or whatever. It's like I'm constantly <laughs> like, in fear when I'm playing this game. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, you know, I just see a clump of grass. I'm like, who's that? Oh my God, it's somebody. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> hiding from it for fear. 10 minutes and realize it was like, like just a tree or something. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's only four players left and you're about to win just because you've been posted up and yeah and, and you know and all sense that's wrong you know because like like that's like the second question you get after you say like you won one war zone they're like how many kills did you have you know it's like three <laughs> <laughs> counting the last one 
<laughs> yeah, so that's not acceptable. Like, I feel like four for me is like a you know like an acceptable number. So yeah, I'll, I'll Man, get up some, and get out in there. There's some folks out there that are are, and I'm and I'm not even talking about the top leagues. You know, the people that compete uh, in those, um, uh, you know, like games like Warzone, uh, Fortnite. You know, any of the. Gosh, man, I'm having total brain farts here. What's the name of that that style of gaming? Uh, uh, Battle Royale, excuse me. Oh, yeah. Battle yeah. Royale type, type of game. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I'm not talking about those top-notch, you know, top-shelf pros, but uh, there's just, you know, I have friends that play this way. I'm sure you do as well. Um, that They're just extremely good at the game, and they're not ending around without at least, you know, between, I mean, realistically, I don't know, 10, 15, up to like 20 kills. Yeah, you know, and it's nuts. And uh, <laughs> getting to play with those guys is always fun. Guys and gals is always a uh, is fun. You know, me, I, you know, if I'm if I'm on point, if I'm on fire, I might be up in the eight nine kills. You know, mm-hmm. and it may depend if we're playing plunder or rebirth or regular uh, the larger map. Um, but yeah, that's that's a really fun <laughs> game, and it's it's a good game to go to when like with the way we our balance going between survival game which can be kind of slow paced over mm-hmm. to having warzone and getting that getting that out of you that that fast paced first person shooter mm-hmm. and get it out of your system and then go back to arc it's great balance yeah, <laughs> yeah. i saw something the other day uh, i think they those people that you're talking about that you know are getting the 20 kills a game and and then you, when when i pop into their squad uh I think they call those garbage men because they're, they're used to carrying <laughs> trash. <laughs> well, that's just not that. <laughs> I, it's funny that you mentioned that though. The, the, like you know, kind of gaming with folks you don't know. Like like my one one squad win that I've ever had in real Warzone. Uh, I still remember it. Like it was super. Like like we worked together. You know, kind of shared some ammo right there at the end and. Like yeah, it's just a good feeling, like like a bonding, like like, um, you know, like, yeah. Like, those wins are super far, few and far in between for me. So, um, I uh, yeah, the battle royale, like, like like, I do feel like like there's an interesting topic there of just like how serious people take, like just from like say when Warzone first came out till now, like, like the, the level of competition I feel like has, has really increased. And in like, Oh man, that, yeah. Um, yeah. and you know, they're constantly updating that game. They got a good thing going there. It's too bad. Battlefield, uh, the folks over that, uh, with Battlefield, um, who are they? Are they dice? I think you're right. Yeah. Let me check. Yeah, it just I don't want to live, live up to the expectations really. Man, did it, uh, and that bummed me out, especially my brother. He was especially bummed out. Um, uh, fist pump. He was heartbroken, man, because I don't know anyone more, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a bigger fan of that game. And I and I love Battlefield, like Battlefield yeah. One, Battlefield Four. Um, Battlefield Four was one of my absolute favorites. I played that. I, I think uh, my girlfriend at the time got me that, and I played it for like a year straight. I, I remember my birthday came up again, or, or Christmas, whatever she had gotten it for me for, like, and I was still playing it. Yeah, Battlefield but, uh, is uh I'm sorry for interrupting. They're with EA and Dice. But um yeah. Yeah, Battlefield yeah. for man, I know you weren't uh like you I know you played it and uh you liked it, but it wasn't your top top shelf of the Battlefield, but Battlefield 1, man. 
Mm-hmm. I've had some epic gaming memories in that game. The graphics are amazing and they still hold up. Um, the opening scene, uh, when they're in the tanks, I think, uh, the opening scene in the campaign mode is like, it makes your, it, dude, it, may, it makes your nipples hard and your skin tingle. Like, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> and then the, the realistic, realisticness, I don't know if that's a word, but, um, of like the sniping and the bullet drop, that was always something that really uh, blew my mind. Um, great game, amazing yeah. game. So yeah, it was really it was a bummer uh, with uh, Battlefield Five. Uh, we had a lot of high hopes for that, and we had a little bit of fun playing that. You know, the, the World War Two um, theater, um, and they also had a battle royale. They were trying to get going there. Firestorm. We were really excited about yeah. that. Had a little bit of fun with the initial release because there was actually a player base. In the beginning, because everyone was so pumped on it, yeah. um, played that a little bit with Mick too. Uh, Mick is a, a gamer buddy of ours, and um, but it didn't really make it. And then I know you've been having a lot of fun on Battlefield. Uh, what is twenty forty two? I have. But it, I got to be honest, man. And when you look online, it doesn't look like it's uh, the larger yeah. communities in love with it that much. I, I think. Like part of that is that we expected a battle royale, like like you know, a, a Firestorm version, and really it it, it kind of reminds me more of like a large multiplayer version is is all I could really, really kind of get out of it. Uh, I think there is some potential there, like like how you kind of mentioned the the cinematicness of it. I think Battlefield gets right sometimes. Like like there was a time like I was kind of squatting down behind a Hummer, you know, and walking up a hill with some guys, and like I was like, this looks like a movie, you know, kind of feeling and yeah. Um, you know, those are fun, but it's really not getting in that place that uh, that Warzone does. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm telling you, man, these guys over at Activision are just they got it. Go, they got a good team there. Someone's making real smart choices. They're always updating stuff. They know that we all have very short attention spans and smoke a lot of dope, and that we need to get that shit's got to keep coming fresh. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, we're moving on to stuff, and they're they're just keeping they're keeping that fresh. They're keeping it moving. They're keeping it updating. Um. Hey. Yeah. More power to them. Sometimes I think I let like my. I wish they'd let me get my growl back without that crazy challenge that it takes to unlock that damn rifle. <laughs> damn man, you gotta I get feel... like twenty five <clears throat> something kills in a minute or whatever the heck, and you know it's just. Sorry, it, I should it, have interrupted, but and it, I'm is still... there so so the growl I'm using is still the one from Modern Warfare. Like like I still have it, you know, maxed out, and and well, that's what I, I was it. using the other night. Yeah, uh, but uh, so so the, is there like I don't have any of the Vanguard guns. So no, it's like, there's only one growl. But uh, when I switched over to PC and I started playing on PC, I basically had to start from zero. And uh, I know there's like a way to transfer and stuff, but I couldn't, I could never figure it out. And it was, and I just like, you know what? Screw it. I'll just start fresh. It'll be a fresh KD rate anyways. And um, so I haven't had the growl since then. And that was my favorite rifle, man. That thing is a laser beam with no, yeah, yeah, no attachments on, I mean, excuse me, no scope attachment, just the iron sights. And then all the other attachments, the ones that make it real stable and all that stuff. And then that thing is just... I mean, fist pump and I will argue that between the M13 and the growl, but man, that growl, for me, the growl was like, hmm. 
Yeah. Gotcha. I'm glad you said that. Like, like I, I, when I went to get my guns out, like, you, you know, it's like first loadout is the HDR and the growl. And the second one is a shield and the, the katana is like, which one of these is going to like get the, the least venom out of Ovox? <laughs> like, when he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> We're posted up and all I see is Chuck Tomahawk running around rebirth with a bunch of sticks in his hand, beating the shit out of people. And a shield. Like, I feel like eventually you need to just accept that could be my role like like you know i, I have my shield i t- like i absorb you're so an- you're the I, anti-meta I, yeah i move out and draw fire like and while they're shooting at me you do your thing like you do what every- you gotta do <laughs> yeah yeah I, I feel like it's a distinct possibility uh Hmm. That that uh, that might be the best that, use, uh, use of my be, abilities on on Warzone at this point, but that uh, might have to be a, <laughs> a, a a podcast nickname, man. Chuck the Anti Meta Tomahawk. <laughs> I used to go into multiplayer like you're talking about with just people I didn't know, like filling squads, and I'd have they'd see that shield and they just like the it, 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 every now and then someone would be supportive, but nine times out of 10, they're, they're not real supportive about that whole plan, uh, kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, I, and that's, I that's where you see the dark side of, of, uh, these super competitive, uh, games, you know, people get kind of, uh, pushy and they tell you how you're supposed to play and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, it's, hey, you know, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. It goes back to the, wasn't it like in the one of the first multiplayer things they had like that? The only time that people could talk was kind of right there at the end, and everyone would just be yelling like the entire time. I mean, that's uh, that's a thing. I think that that can still happen, but that's really when you don't you're not like in a in a party with your squad. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're if you're just in public chat and not private chat with your squad, you'll hear everything but i think before you're right in the beginning of warzone especially there was a time where you'd finish the round and everyone would just be yelling out every <laughs> obscenity you can imagine and then there'd be like one random dude saying nice things and then there'd be someone with a stereo extremely loud yeah uh and then there'd just be someone just yelling the f word consistently without stopping just like fuck <laughs> or some other really racist thing or whatever just like oh, exactly God. Exactly. Yeah, Man, that's what I remember. Where's the mute button on this thing? It kind of reminds me. It, I think at one point I got the, the what was called the Connect for the Xbox. Uh, I want to say it was the 360 or the one right after that, uh, <laughs> where where like it, it was kind of in the room. So so I got tons of stuff like that wasn't the guy that was playing the game. It was just people in the background. Like you know, you're just like that's not my baby. Like, it's <laughs> like what? <laughs> Like, oh, it's like, funny. I need more. Like, I need to know what happened. Like, yeah. Oh, man. yeah, there was all sorts of drama going on in the background, uh, you know, and I, that's something I noticed the other night, like, like on FIFA, every now and then I would get into a game where someone had music going and, uh, yeah, at times like it, it's annoying. Other times it's kind of a vibe. Like, you know, yeah, like you, you, it depends. I think it yeah. all depends on the situation. Um, uh, before too much, too much, we've been. Wow, we've been uh, about 20 minutes in, and I actually didn't hit the record, uh, the actual timer thing until we were a little bit into it already. But um, what else? Uh, any other, any other, anything else on your mind that you wanted to get out before we jump into the to the in television, Mattel Electronics in television, television. 
Uh, you know, Senor I, think, Chuck I, think, uh, I think we've covered it. I, I could talk about art from now on, but uh, you know, I think there's plenty of time for that later. I, yeah, I, I, we might just have to have an arc episode so you can get it out of your get it right your out of there, gamer but, system. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, I think um, that, that that's on my mind. I'm, I'm going to be away from the the console for a couple of days here, and um, then I, I want to see we're, we're going to get started back on arc. Uh, April 22nd is uh, the wipe, yeah. I think, and. Yeah, excited for that. Uh, it's kind of on my mind as far as gaming goes right now. But uh, yeah, yeah, we've got a to... spot picked out. We've got a spot picked out on extinction. <sighs> extinction. I'm wondering, are are we going to start there, like like as initial like level ones, or, or are we going to go somewhere beachy and work our way up? I've never. I've, I've only gone to. <laughs> <laughs> I've only gone to extinction to uh, to pick up some element. I think a time or two and. Uh, Maybe look for a snow owl at some point, but so so is it got like a starter area on it? I'm not super familiar. Well, if if what the pros would do is they'd probably go to the island and focus only on leveling up. Um, But man, I don't know. We don't want to get too deep into arc right now because we're gonna we're just gonna keep on coming back to that game we're obsessed with. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I think. I think it's a good time for us to jump into uh, the main discussion of yeah, this, more of to this come on that. introductory episode. All right. Oh, look at this thing. It's beautiful. It's so retro. Uh, dear listeners, if, if you happen to be close to a computer or your phone and you're not driving or something like that, um, take a look at this device, the Intellivision. It's uh, like if you're into anything retro, you know, uh, old school you know, just that that late 70s, 80s uh, type of look. This thing is a beauty. Um, Chuck, where do, be- where do we begin, man? Where do we begin with this thing? It Let's looks talk like about uh, that beauty, that wood grain right there. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was. Look- that's what I was looking for. Wood grain. <laughs> yeah, you got that wood grain floor model TV that it's your dripping. parents got there. Like, so you got to have that. That thing matches with it, right? <laughs> yeah, it's dripping, dripping on faux foes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like something. Like yeah, you got that gold, and you got the wood grain. So I mean, that that's money right there. And uh, yeah, and it looks like it has kind of like a a chrome top like they've got the they're trying to give it that robotic type of uh look uh trim with with the with the wood grain and then we've got essentially a rectangular device and uh chuck did you you had one of these things right your your folks still, got you still, one back in the day it. yeah oh you still yeah, have so, it yeah it's it's uh it's Can there at my parents house we're gonna look for it uh this weekend i'm gonna be visiting my Whip mom it out. so uh yeah we'll see how, how the <laughs> television has fared I, I i know when i last looked at it it was just the box so i'm wondering where the game the games might be in a in a separate location but uh, wait wait it was just an empty box and you're actually the actual console is <clears throat> is not in the box I, yeah, because I would say, you know, it wasn't that would exactly, mean you don't actually have one. <laughs> I had a pretty wicked baseball card collection, and, and like I want to say, at some point, my mom took over my closet for her second closet after I was an adult, and uh, she put all my stuff up on a shelf. So, so you don't, you, you can't really look at it, you know, unless you you tear all those baseball cards down and that kind of thing. It's got to uh, be up in there. But what I wanted to yeah. ask is, is uh, since you've had one, like, because you know, all I can look at are these cool pictures, and I see. Uh, it's rectangular design, but I'm wondering, like, how big was this thing? 
like if you were to give the of uh, the listener an idea i mean you know they may have already seen one perhaps even have one I'm, who knows but uh mm. for any of us like myself that have just I'm never looking around my room here to compare something um like a shoebox yeah, size kind of bigger it would probably longer? be was it like massive it, i'm a, wondering if about, it was massive no no I, I would say something like maybe two feet two feet long in the rectangular and by one feet one foot wide would be a, a good estimate i think maybe just a little longer than two feet like kind of like a, a double-sized laptop i'm looking at my laptop and I, I feel like i could probably set it down twice and it's about that wide as, as a larger laptop okay. um you know might be Pretty so regular um, regular size you know, and this thing usually ended up in the floor at my house, like in front of the the old floor model TV, and it actually had an, as best as I remember, an RF connector. It, it, I think the the three um, RCA jack kind of thing wasn't out yet, and most TVs didn't have that, so, wow. so you basically rolled her right into the old cable. I'd go get a. Um, um, That's crazy. I, I, I would get a knife, uh, like like a butter knife, out of mom's drawer, and I'd go down there and, and <laughs> tie, take them screws up the back uh, to where you had to hook it up. And because, uh, as I want to say, like like our TV didn't even have like a place to put cable, so so I had to have this adapter that that I that I put like what looks like uh, today's cable adapter into. And then I would have to take two screws and kind of connect that to the back of the TV and. Uh, I want to say you put it on channel three, something like that. Yeah, and there you went, I, man. It took yeah, off. And I, so. I remember those now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, when I was, uh, in that, you know, um, before teens, early teens, that, that real growing up phase. And, and I was doing all my initial gaming, like my first gaming experiences. Uh, I remember seeing televisions with that art. Was that, what is that called? RF? I think so. Um, yeah. But yeah, basically where there were some screws and you'd have to wrap the wire around the screw and then tighten yeah. the screw and it would, and then after that came, is it RCA? I think it is where you have the three little cables, uh, red, white, and yellow. I, I um, once I've heard that called component or, or something like that. And then there was, okay. another, there was another one after that, that, uh, was it, after that was a, HDMI, right? There, there was a time period there where you had, uh, where, where the RCA, um, component one had three. Uh, like red, uh, white, and green. You had another like S something S component one that had six of those, and I want to say like one of the first Xboxes is where I first ever saw that. But uh, oh, I remember the sixth yeah. one, but it, it was it was red, white, and yellow. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then um, I think, gosh, I'm I'm probably mistaken, but <laughs> that's funny. You know, it's, it's all good. I think uh, the yellow one was Chuck the Tomahawk is uh, colorblind, <laughs> as we all have had to discover. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's a, oh, there's an episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Just like with the green drops in arc, exactly. Like, there's a yeah. yellow drop. You're like, no, use the it's, yellow kibble. I'm like, mm, which one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all yeah. good. Hey, yeah. hey, no harm, no foul. Mm, um, no, no. Yeah. So, so I, I, I keep thinking about though. I, I, I want to uh, like in case mom's listening. Like, uh, I, I'm sorry, mom. That what I always did once I got it hooked up. I, I, I would typically put the I didn't take the knife and put it in the sink like I I put it right behind the TV <laughs> what? for later I guess I might need like, to sing later I on. can't be bothered with going back up to the kitchen like you know I had to oh, yeah, that game. time to game <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and then one Astro day, mom, mom's like, "Why don't we have any knives?" Like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that was uh, kind of a fun thing to um, 
fit in there but yeah you know like going back to the kind of the shape of this thing like the controllers are, are connected to it like you've got one like like you don't have to buy a separate controller which is nice like yeah it you know, was connected got, you already with got one of those uh sorry for interrupting one of those twizzly cables i don't know yeah, the name like of that. Old, old school phone cord yeah i'm yeah. not sure like looks like a giant spring or something and uh yeah, that thing's jammed in there, and um, you've got uh, kind of a little spot for everything to set up there, and you've got the the sort of the business end down here where the cartridge goes, and the cartridges are kind of little rectangles themselves with a sloped front end, uh, no picture or anything like that on them, and uh, it kind of just says the name of the game there. And uh, well, the what's up with the controllers and these little? I'm looking at what appear to be little cards. They look like cards with pictures on them, and they slide into the controller to because the controller essentially, if if uh, if you can hop online and check out pictures of this, uh, you'll see that these controllers were also rectangular, and they looked like well, essentially smartphones. cell phones or smartphones, <laughs> but they were wired into the actual the, the what they call the the master component. I believe is the name mm -hmm. of that of that. Uh, of that box. So for example, you have, we have the Sony PlayStation. This mm -hmm. would be the Mattel, uh, Intellivision master component that I yeah. kind of like, that's kind of the way I'm, I'm looking at it at least. But anyways, yeah. so there's this controller and then the controller has what looks like a regular phone type pad. Yeah. Um, one, two, three, you know, the buttons yeah. just exactly like you would just like uh, a phone. Saw them on a phone. That's awesome. And, and I think one thing to take note of here is how many buttons are on this controller compared to its competitor at the time, the Atari. Like you had the joystick with one button and like here, like not only do you have, what is that? There's 12, 12 buttons on the keypad there. There's one through nine and there's three more or at least two more down there at the bottom. And mm -hmm. then you've got buttons on the side as well. So, so you've got a lot of options there. Um, I don't know that like the overlays, like, like were beloved. Like I'd, I'd love to hear people's opinions on them. Like, like one thing that could happen, you could definitely lose them. Like as a 10 year old kid. Well, like, like, yeah. Real quick, real quick. The, uh, sure. Because that's precisely what I wanted to get into because we uh, found this in some of the articles that we uh, researched and we'll probably go through some of these articles, but um Apparently, these overlays were also designed to kind of there was they were made specific to the game based mm -hmm. based on the buttons you would be using in that game. So the overlay would slide into the controller and kind of like block the buttons you won't be using and only leave it was that kind of what was that what they were doing it would and it also would sort of assign something to to the buttons that you would be using and you know i I want to say like a game that that people really liked it was those the baseball games like it, it kind of allowed you to sort of go to each player um you know really quickly and uh you know just compared to its predecessor it, it 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 did open up a lot of options like like i'm kind of looking at uh at the football one right now and, and it's kind of bringing back some memories of how like kind of without that and the instruction booklet like you you're lost like like i, I i've even watched uh you know folks getting out the emulator or whatever trying to play this and like without that information it is incredibly hard to figure out and like you you kind of just want to push buttons till till a play is picked and that just doesn't work so um mm. yeah you you kind of needed these cards and and uh well, it, it, it could it it could get jammed up like like i i, I think i remember some of mine getting kind of like 
torn yeah, on the sides and yeah like like yeah. From where you know i hadn't really carried them up very well so then it would kind of be hard to get it jammed down in there yeah. and um, that was a critique that i saw a bunch oh sorry i just hit the mic hope you didn't hear that um we haven't really god this is such a it, i see i find this stuff so interesting um i love all things retro and to be talking about this uh platform this console as our first episode is is it's been really fun to like look at all this information from the well i guess it's fair to say late 70s i mean really it started in 79 was when they released the first test uh you know version of this thing in the market in california i think it was in fresno in december of 1979 um they also had the uh the ces um gosh i think it's the consumer electronics uh gosh i don't remember the last what the last letter is but anyways it was basically a convention and they had that in 79 as well and then they officially released it i believe in in 1980 but um and, and i want to say i probably got mine around 81 something like that um you know being there in tennessee at the time uh, where i grew up uh it took things a while to get there um you, mm -hmm. you know I, I'm, I'm sure um I, I i somehow in my mind i feel like uh Baja and Tennessee are kind of on the same timeline <laughs> as far as like, you know, when innovations would, would get there. So, um, you know, we were uh, probably there in 79. I think I had uh, a Mate <laughs> the same company, Mattel Electronics, also made these handheld games that, uh, you know, like we laugh about how bad these graphics are. Like it was literally like a blip on a screen that you were playing football with. And, uh, Man. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Real so, quick, so. Oh, I just want to tie back because I didn't, uh, what I wanted to, because you, you mentioned this about the cards and the the case that the games, the, the cartridge case that the games would come in and the notes and that, mm -hmm. you know, that particular detail, those details are exactly what come to mind for me when I think about the nostalgia in these platforms as a, as a gamer myself that's a little bit older is, is those experiences and those elements of the video game delivery experience are no longer mm -hmm. not really you know now you buy the game online you no. download it and we're all pretty you know we're, we're gamers we, we figure that we, we we're basically hit and play and we've, we're figuring the game out quick but back then you know you'd, you'd, you'd go i mean you can definitely uh, talk about this i remember having the same experiences when i got my first uh, gaming console, which if I remember correctly was like the first one that I got for me, for, for me and my bro, I believe was the Nintendo 64. Um, and, uh, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but, uh, we, we did a bunch of gaming on the older platforms. The first platform I ever touched and played on was the Nintendo, the first one, but the first gaming system that was ours that we went and got that uh, I think that dad would allow us to get because he wasn't into like, he was all about us being outdoors, which I'm very grateful he was. Uh, but when we finally got that Nintendo 64, that was great. But before that, we had played the Nintendo and everything. So I also had that experience of going to the store, you know, after saving up a bunch of money or, or maybe uh, it was a Christmas scenario. But there was, a, there was always a scenario where you'd go to the store, buy the game, um, and it took a lot of effort to get that game. You know, they were, they were spendy back then, video games. Still are now, but, you know, when you were a little kid. Uh, and you'd get the box, and you'd see the picture, and on the inside, there'd be these notes and, like, a, 
what to expect kind of and then there'd be a you know in the case with the Intellivision they gave you a full package it looked like and it really built up a lot of uh expectation before you'd get home and actually plug the game in right absolutely and you had that tangible thing you know i i i uh, I, I i distinctly remember like you know just seeing that that uh that box, you know, like, like I, I think at that time, a lot of my games came from a toy store in the mall. So, so I would go to the mall and, and I want to say it was KB toys or, or something like that. They had, you know, your cabbage patch kids, all those video, uh, like not just video games. They had, you know, any kind of game like in toys that kids like to play with, but they had this one section, like right behind the counter, these video games would be on under lock and key back there. And they might even have a system set up somewhere, you know, that you could kind of like maybe test out of a game or two. And, um, yeah, just having that, that super excitement and, and, you know, getting that thing, uh, you know, kind of like you mentioned, uh, like this would also, you know, typically be a Christmas present, birthday present type scenario for me, but the games, you know, we might get just because like, like we had gone to the mall and, uh, you know, had an opportunity to purchase those kind of things. And, um, you know, I would, I would have already kind of had in my mind, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of ways to go research these games. You might see a commercial or you might play it at your buddy's house or something. But, you know, as far as like, like how we can go to YouTube today or, or, you know, kind of have all these different media, it's, you really just had to, you know, sort of know what you liked and, and that kind of thing. And also rely on those boxes that you're talking about looking at the back and like, you know, I think after um, years of doing it, like even as a kid, like uh, you learned that it wasn't going to be exactly as great as it as it said on the back of the box. Sometimes it was, but you know, they they definitely like uh, used a bit of dramatic license on the back of the box. Like, uh, oh yeah, yeah, man, the pictures were always just like, oh my gosh, look at this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they would you know show show that incredible moment, uh, you know, in the game, maybe the boss fight or, or or something like that 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 really got your attention. But um, you know, maybe you get it home and and. It uh, it still is kind of dealing with 1980s graphics as far as uh, being able to get things uh, out there and, and represent things, but um, it, especially in cases like 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 a movie that it came out, um, you know, I think one of the the largest examples of this is is the E.T. movie. I loved the E.T. movie. I was in love with Drew Barrymore. She was my little uh, crush as a kid, <laughs> like, and so. Um, yeah, the everyone loved the movie ET, but boy, the video game uh, gets a lot of venom. Uh, well, yeah, and, uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> it it actually got. Uh, I saw this last night. I don't remember on what website it was. I also saw it. Uh, I heard it on another podcast, but um, it, it 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 got an award for being the worst game of all time. Like yeah, it did. And, you know, um, and so you're going into that like with you know, happiness movie type happiness that you're expecting. Like, you know, it's like, I'm going to live this adventure that I but love that I, that I just I saw. Thought, it. Uh, ET was on Atari though. Right. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't on the. And, and as best as I remember this evolution is I had an Atari before I had an Intellivision and, and, and somewhere in my mind, the Intellivision came out after the Atari, but as, as I it go did. back and research this, like it, it, it it's pretty close like like they they were competitors of sorts and and i remember the atari being just a tad bit cheaper i i don't necessarily know that for sure now but i know i i had higher expectations and felt like it was an improvement like like you know i kind of mentioned to you like how blocky the characters looked and everything 
uh, on the Atari, but like you, you, when I think of Intellivision, I think of this sort of little running man, um, like, like icon that they use a lot, uh, sort of as a branding. And that was what made it so cool that that dude moved so much better. Like he mm-hmm. looked so much more like, like, you know, something that, that could do something rather than, you know, kind of the blocky, um, you know, I kind of shared with you a picture of the football game on Atari there where it's just like, yep. you know, in my memory, I remember moving everyone at once. Like, like, as I kind of replayed it, maybe, maybe that's not exactly true, but I, I want to say like there was some limiting technology at the time. You could only have two different things moving at one time on a screen or they had to use tricks to kind of make it appear that, 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 you know, more than one thing was moving. Um, but, uh, yeah. So yeah, a lot of advancement there. And, uh, um, you know, in my opinion, if, if we did do a side by side comparison, it's not even close. Like, like I feel like the Intellivision was way better than the Atari, although I have some great memories of Atari, but not great memories of the ET game. Like it sure didn't live up to, um, you know, the expectation of, of, uh, what it showed on the box or, or I think anyone's expectations really, um, like I said, it gets brought up as as kind of uh, the worst video game of all time, possibly. Let's actually let's talk about uh, the actual device. Well, we have been talking about the device, I suppose, but when it was released, um, maybe we can get into some technical specifications for all of the uh, more uh, nerdy folk out there and want to know all the like, well, what did this thing operate on? What was its graphics like? Um, we were talking about. Uh, how it was cabled. It was a RF, I think, is what, how you described it. Um, so that's definitely old school. Yeah, and I, and I want to say that that it, there's like the, that there was kind of an adapter we were talking about that that made it go with the older TVs. And essentially, I think as I was thinking about that, you're going in through the antenna port, uh, <laughs> which is interesting. But yeah, yeah, I'd like for folks to just kind of know why this is is. Uh, Kind of an important console. I, I want to say, you know, one of the facts I saw out there, IGN, uh, some of the folks I, I go to for like reviews, uh, things like that. Um, they, they in 2009, I think, uh, considered ranked the Intellivision number 14 of all time as far as uh, consoles go. And um, yeah, you, you know, it, it, it certainly has a, a lot of folks out there um, that, that uh, a fan base of sorts. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I saw a statistic like from 1980 to 1983 that more than three million consoles were sold. Uh, you know, I think the highest seller of all time uh, was the PlayStation 2, and it's up in the 150 millions, uh, 155, something like that, I think uh, I saw. Um, so, you know, it's not, not to that level, but, uh, you know, for the 80s there, um, a, lot, a lot of consoles out there in, in folks' home. Homes and yeah. Uh, um, well, if I may, real quick, jump in just to just to give the listeners, uh, like we'll give them just like, well, what is this thing? We'll give them the basic description of uh, the Intellivision. I'm I'm just gonna use a cheat code here from Google. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> up, Read up, off of Google. Down, left, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Intellivision was developed at Mattel in Hawthorne, California, along with the Mattel Electronics line of handheld electronic games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we mentioned earlier it was tested in Fresno in se- 1979, initially released uh, in 1980. Um, I want to give you some technical specs here. It says inside every Intellivision console is 4K of ROM, which I think obviously it's not like 4K 
uh, resolution, but I think they're just talking about like 4,000 kilobytes, right? Right. Of ROM. <laughs> Which, yeah, and I'm not Containing sure. Containing the uh, exec software, it provides two benefits, reusable code that can, that can effectively make a 4K cartridge an 8K game, and a software framework for new programmers to develop games more easily and quickly. That's interesting. Um, it says here that... Uh, the CPU was a GICP 1610, 1K RAM, 6K ROM, uh, and it was a 16-bit game. It was, uh, you know, I think... That's crazy. It's a 16-bit microprocessor there. Um, you know, I, I saw something, you know, maybe Sega claims to have the first true 16-bit, but uh, yeah, kind of groundbreaking. I mean, we're, we're like two generations before 16-bit is, is going to become, you know, the standard, so... Um, fascinating yeah they they came in swinging um you know like like uh i think one of the the thoughts was to expand this thing right from the very beginning and and kind of make it uh sort of a a one-stop shop of sorts for for a computer video game system um you know that that uh as that technology was kind of becoming more prevalent and and sort of uh your upper middle middle class could afford it uh yeah, it it, uh, it seems like they you know, they definitely came in big. Um, what was I think we were talking about this yesterday a little bit? Uh, what was the the price of these things? I think. Um, do you remember what it cost? One hundred and fifty dollars in nineteen eighty money. So um, one hundred fifty. I, I want to say that's what I saw. Um, Interesting. I'd I'd have to double check that for sure, but um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I saw. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Just want to give another shout out to mom, like for <laughs> purchasing this for me when I was, uh, you know, around ten years old. Uh, I think I was doing mowing a few yards for that, maybe. But um, yeah, it it, uh, it it you know I think it, just converting that today's money, you're looking at around a grand. Like, whew. yeah, it says here, uh, and this is from an article uh, at TechSpot.com. Um, it says it was. The height of the second generation of console gaming when Mattel launched its Intellivision Master Component in 1979 for $275, which was a rather steep price for the time, adjusted for inflation, $996. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. A, a grand right there. And this article is from last year. So, yeah, that, yeah we could just call it a grand. Yeah, I, I definitely remember it being, you know, a, a pretty significant purchase. And, and, you know, and when you really think, I want to say the games were around 30, 40 bucks. Like, so that's not cheap either. Um, you know, so I think like, like sort of one of the selling points was, you know, you can spend 10 bucks on a, on a board game that your kids are going to get one game for, or, you know, we're, we're offering hundreds of games here and, and all these different possible possible endings that can come to them. And, you know, the fact that this is going to expand and we're going to have a computer uh, component to it, a keyboard, um, you know, where some of that's, the, the selling that's, points. That's what I wanted to get at you with Chuck Tomahawk. Yeah. About that. Keyboards, other components. Was that the 1979, 1980s version of what we now call add-ons? <laughs> or uh or dlc <laughs> no that would be different no because that's software based 
But yeah, I wanted to jump expansion, into expansion. I guess is but, the word but, I keep thinking of. Um, yeah, but 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 before before we do that, sorry, I'm mm-hmm. stuttering over here. Sorry, listeners. I know you don't want to hear that stuff. Um, before we get into the other components, which I find really cool, I'm excited to look into this, and I bet it was also a selling point. But I want you. You mentioned selling points earlier, and I think what made the Intellivision so successful. Granted, I wasn't around at the time. But I want to hear your thoughts on this. I think what made it so successful and one of the reasons why they were able to sell, um, I think it was 175,000 units out the gate in 1980. Uh, I'll double check that. I might be wrong, but I think that's the the, the, the stat there. Um, I think that success that they had initially had a lot to do with Mr. Intellivision. Do you want to tell, uh, do you want to bust open that? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Uh, with with uh, what's his name, Mr. Plimpton, George Plimpton, correct? yeah, George Plimpton, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Intellivision. Well, well, you know, kind of how we talked earlier, like like you weren't going online, obviously, to to you know look at reviews of the console or anything like that, and and uh, you know we were all tuned into the. I want to say my TV had thirteen channels around that time, and uh, you know, so so wow. There, there was kind of a unifying thing to that. Like we were all pretty much watching the same thing. So, um, and there's kind of like a, I think a calming sort of thing to that. Like you, you, you're doing what normal people do almost like, like when, you know, you're watching the evening news and it's something that everyone was talking about the next day, they had that common point of reference. And so within mm-hmm. that, you, every now and then, especially on Saturday morning cartoon type time, there would be these commercials for these video game systems. And, um, they used this, uh, this cat named George Plimpton that, that, uh, he just, uh, you know, my, my, uh, best way to describe him would be sort of a Renaissance man. He's, he's kind of into a little bit of everything. And, and, uh, he had, he had done these sort of, uh, gonzo journalism type things like where he would, uh, he did, yeah. a, did like a thing about the NFL and he actually went and like took a few snaps in a pregame, like, like, yeah. you know, like, like he had access because, um, yeah. <laughs> He he had a little bit of clout, you know, as far as a writer goes. Yeah, I heard. I I when you mentioned him the first time, I heard about this guy and I looked into him, and he, he was one of the pioneers of what they call like new journalism or something like yeah. that, right? Where I think he was over um, in Europe uh, for a little bit too, and he was uh, part of an art. Uh, I, I was just doing some research. This guy sure. had a lot of t- time over there in Europe, and um, but he eventually became a pioneer, a pioneer in this new journalism where. I guess he just was like saying, basically, I'm going to report on this thing, but from the perspective of someone that's tried it. And, and that was kind his of thing. Because he, he also as, played in a hockey game there, I heard, or in like a baseball <laughs> snap or something. He was in some baseball, but the, and, uh, and well, then the and football was, one. And it was sort pre, of with, from, the, with the Detroit Lions, I think it was. It was. And he did it like in a, like a every man kind of way, like, like, you know, that we all could relate to. Like, like it actually went fairly terrible when he did that in the NFL, but like, <laughs> like it was what we expected. Like, like it showed us how good those athletes were. And it also like, like, you know, kind of, you know, when you and you, you know, I just remember my dad sitting there and like, you know, we all criticize the games if we could do better. But like, you know, when you see what someone who's actually not an athlete gets out there and does like, you know, it, it, it kind of um, is sort of a frames thing is like a, how they're supposed to be like, like what you would expect kind of thing. But, but real good journalism. I, I think of Hunter S Thompson, like, like he had something he called gonzo journalism. Like he reported on the hell's angels, I think at one point and like, 
you know, actually went and hung out with them, like, you know, which uh, is probably a questionable ideal. Uh, <laughs> 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 like, uh, but, Ustedes uh, son los ángeles del diablo? No, los no. Wait, Hell's Angels? Los ángeles del infierno. What am I talking yeah. about? Yeah, I forgot to speak Spanish. Yeah. You know, um, honestly, we one of our uh, common friends is a guy named Jack Danielchuk, and I, I think of him uh, like almost as an example of this. Like, like he puts me in the mind of uh, Hunter Thompson sometimes, and uh, uh, is one of the reasons I like him. But uh, yeah, this George Plimpton. You know, when I first saw this old commercial as we were doing this research, I thought, like, dang, that guy looks old then. Like, and like he, you know, is he still alive? Like, like you know, how could he possibly be? And, and when I went back and looked at it, he was probably in his fifties or so in the eighties there. And, um, yeah, just a, a trusted source. Like, like it, it, it was kind of like, um, you know, an intelligent dude and, and an intelligent product of the Intellivision. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, it, it's an interesting angle. It, like, like too, I, I want, you know, just to, to kind of sum up, like, like frame the fact that, that commercials were kind of our, our, our outlet to get information about this. They picked a really good guy that, that, you know, kind of came across as Mr. Intellivision, like you said, like, like there's kind of this commercial, this kid writes in and says that the Intellivision is more expensive than this other console. It's, 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 I think an, for the Intellivision two commercial and, uh, yeah, it, 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 uh, it kind of put a face with the product that, um, you know, was a real good choice for branding, I feel like. And, um, yeah, it sounds like they were trying to kind of, uh, project a, a dominance, sophistication, superiority of the platform over the Atari. There was a clear, I mean, they weren't putting like compared to our closest competitor or anything like that, like they, they do called today. Them right out. No, they're like, no, here's this one. It sucks. Here's ours. Yeah. Look at the difference. And then yeah. they got Blimp, uh, Mr. Uh, Plimpton yeah. with his hands on both like televisions here in this image I'm looking at with his face just going like, come on. <laughs> it says here in the in the article, yeah. uh, I don't want to lose the, the mic here, but it says, let me see. Uh, Atari versus Intellivision? What does it say? Uh, the voice kind of goes nothing with it. Hold on, let me, uh, let, me, <laughs> let me bring the mic a little. I don't want to mess this up, but I can barely see the screen here. It's very small of me here. I'm going to try and emulate his voice. <laughs> Oh, where is it? Where'd it go? Oh, let's see. It's a funny, funny article. Um, no, I lost it. Here it is. Atari versus Intellivision? Nothing I could say would be more persuasive than what your own eyes will tell you. <laughs> but I can't resist telling you more. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's got two televisions under uh, his hands kind of he's like resting his hands on them and uh the atari just it isn't you know it isn't really it isn't really uh anything close to the in television's image yeah i just picture myself sitting there in the room with my dad you know watching tv on a saturday morning and just kind of looking over at him like you know case closed <laughs> like mm. you know <laughs> like uh you know i think um you know, back in those days, uh, kind of that industrial age ideal of uh, getting a, a degree. And uh, I think my dad had uh, doctor, lawyer uh, type aspirations for me. And, uh, 
you know, this uh, console, in my estimation, was the way to get there, uh, you know, to be more like uh, like Mr. Plimpton there. Yeah. But, um, so, I, yeah, I mean, getting back to the to the top of this is I think he had a huge impact on the success of the game in the initial part. But then again, was was oh, well, I don't know if we have the answer to this, but he may I don't know if he was uh, involved in Intellivision at the beginning during its Fresno testing phase and the initial release, but. Well, and, and the other thing to consider, too, is, like, to get a video game to you back in those days, like, it had to kind of go through, like, a, a retailer, like Sears or JCPenney, and um, so so I'm sure there were ads, like, 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 if I'm guessing, like, I would say one of the other outlets or, or places I might have initially saw this would be in what was called the Wish Book. Um, it's kind of like a, a Christmas catalog of sorts that uh i believe it was jc penny that put out and and so it had a toy section and and there there were um like professionally photographed you know pictures of all these things and uh you can you know, see so them online man they're so cool there's like a picture <laughs> of an intellivision and then under it there's like the next uh handbag of the season you know like yeah. the handbags that they're selling you'll see these purses <laughs> or backpacks yeah. or whatever and then there's so, the intellivision yeah, so back in the day, like you would you would get that wish book and you would kind of circle things that you wanted and and uh, you know and, and I think it was kind of a, a generational thing. My mom, you know, maybe had the Sears and Roebuck catalog that she would, um, you know, kind of just you just like it was window shopping of sorts. Like you kind of pined. Yeah, over that was Amazon and, Prime back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'd get that and, book and be like, oh man. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, I, I know like Star Wars figurines was a big thing that I was looking at in there. And, and uh, yeah, you get over to that video game section and, and uh, you know, so, so you know, JCPenney had its own commercials and models and things that they used in there. So, so I'm sure like there were some other things besides uh, that, but I, I think primarily George Plimpton was on the, the commercials, like, like far as a TV commercial. Uh, oh, I watched you know, a bunch thing. of them, man. Yeah. There's yeah, this one good. where this little kid's on a bike and he's like rolling up on his bike and uh, he's in his, you know, it looks like a real nice little neighborhood, just a classic, you know, uh, uh, suburban neighborhood type white picket fence type of commercial scene, you know, yeah. and the little kid's on his bike and he's rolling up and he sees a guy getting out of the car and he's like, oh, Mr. Intellivision? <laughs> it's Plimpton. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just starts saying a bunch of stuff about that. I don't remember what he says exactly, but it was just like, oh man, look at this commercial, man. It's so old school, classic. Well, um, I, I like how you pointed out that the 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 way they like like I feel like in today's commercials like sometimes it happens like like I'm thinking of Wendy's and Burger King kind of going at each other but it, but also like like they just you know called out the Atari like like by name you know and I feel like there was a time period there where that didn't happen like you know maybe you could be sued if you use someone's trademark or, or something like that but uh, yeah well you know. Uh... Who knows, you know, what their marketing team and all that and, and, and relate, public relations, what they were planning and scheming. But the Atari did release a little bit before. And, um, <clears throat> you know, they, they, they were the first ones there, it seems like. At least uh, they were certainly there before the uh, in television. And I think the owner, I don't remember his name. Off the, I was reading this last night. I mean, they, they wanted to get into this market because of the success of Atari, I would, I would suspect. Because Atari yeah. kind of, uh, they, they cut that, that chunk of the market. They're like, gaming, baby, this is ours. Boom, here's the Atari mm -hmm. 2600. I think at the time it was released as the VCS, later rebranded as the Atari. Mm -hmm. 
2600. And then they're like, shit, we got to bust out this in television. Yeah. We got to yeah. get in on this. And they're like, and they went into, uh, based off what I was researching, they basically reached out to GI, I think, General Instruments or something like that, or General, uh, I believe it's GI. And they kind of got the chip there and the, pro the, the hardware put together with those folks. Mm -hmm. And then made those testing runs in Fresno and so on and so forth, as we were discussing. Uh, but yeah, Plimpton, man, fundamental there. And all of their Absolutely. colorful pictures and ads and the, the, the books you're talking about, reaching out to Sears, reaching out to Radio Shack, which may have actually been part of the downfall. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, yeah. um, but hey, I wanted to touch on, as I uh, brought up earlier... What's up with these components, man? <laughs> with these, like, I, I feel like, like it, it makes it seem like they had a larger, a larger goal here with the Intellivision beyond gaming. Absolutely, and and you know, there again, like you know, I can tie that back into Mr. Plimpton there, like like kind of that um, you know sophisticated. Um, you know, when when you saw a picture of a kid sitting at a keyboard, like you know, working on something, it looked like he was. You know, solving the world's problems. I think that's what my dad expected. I, I personally There's didn't a, have the keyboard component, but uh, yeah. and it, it it it's a huge thing. I think is something like, like that's that's interesting. You know, I mean, obviously they needed the space for the keyboard there, but uh, you know, it, it's it's big and blocky. It's almost as big as the initial Intellivision. Um, but it is nice, like you know, that, that they are expanding it. Like, like, you know, I think that that somewhat justifies that hefty price tag in the beginning. Like, like you're, you're continuing to get, um, you know, bang for your buck. Obviously you're dropping some more coin uh, to get these components, but, uh, you've got something that's going to expand with you into the future as, as gaming, uh, you know, mm -hmm. moves forward. And, you know, at this time we don't know that there's going to be all these other generations of games. Like, you know, I, I think, you know, maybe my parents thought this could just be a fad or something like, like, you know, folks got into this a little bit and, you know, like the hacky sack or something and like it eventually just oh, goes man. away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, gaming didn't. No, nope. no. Um, you know, we obviously, um, like I think one significant event around this time that, that, uh, that, that I think we'll talk about here that I'd like to is, uh, you know, the, the crash of 1983, uh, and, uh, sort of some of the things that led to that. But, uh, um, definitely want to kind of keep um, looking at, at the Intellivision here and, and some of the innovations that, that came with it and, and why it's significant. Um, you know, one of the things um, I found really interesting is that it was the first system that you actually could do downloadable content. They had something called the Play Cable. That, Whoa, uh, what's this all? The Play Cable? Yeah. Coming so, out with a curveball, Chuck Tomahawk. What's that? Well, like, so the play cable was another thing that you, you could hook to this thing. And I assume this happened in big cities. Uh, I can assure you it didn't happen in uh, Rogersville, Tennessee. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining, uh, you know, maybe Atlanta would have been the closest place at that time. But like through your, <laughs> yeah, through your local local cable system, you could actually down, you, you could, you could, subscribe to something as i understood it and and you got downloadable games through there and good lord how long Whoa. they must have taken to download uh that's i gotta check that out yeah yeah and that's in 1981 like so you know i mean we're 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 laying the groundwork for you know the fact we were, we were just talking about like when you know, I just bought that FIFA game. I didn't go buy a game. Like I went to the PlayStation store and like it was downloaded and 
30, 40 minutes, and I had the whole game. You can um, download games in 30 or 40 minutes, man? Yeah. It did the other day. Internet yeah. connection you have, man. Down here, this, the internet is a little slow where I live. They make it lucky they, dog. They, they'll divide it into two. Like they'll make it like so you can go ahead and start playing like one even during the download. Um so maybe that's what I mean is like like I was playing, you know, like, like oh, as, I see what as far as the full game. Um, you know, it, it takes a little longer, but um yeah, the play cable, like like incredibly innovative for the time and uh you know, I've heard this mentioned as like part of like where they went too far, like like you know maybe you know one of the things that led to the crash, like just you know saturation of the market kind of thing. But um, also like like I think we should take note of just how innovative that was and and like just unheard of, like like you know if you, like we just were talking about you know me back there with a butter knife connecting to the TV, like so you know the thought of like those uh those video games coming through the uh the wires back then like is just mind blowing and oh uh, man i know it yeah it really is it's it's yeah. cool stuff um all right but okay we got the keyboard component it's pretty self explanatory there um mm -hmm. what about this intellivoice i'm looking at another so, yeah I, device I, here it I, looks I, like I, it kind of oh, real quick it looks like it a uh, I might be wrong, but it looks like it plugs into the side of the master component. It says, in 1982, Mattel introduced the IntelliVoice voice synthesis module, a speech synthesizer for mm -hmm. compatible cartridges. The IntelliVoice is novel in two respects, human-sounding male and female voices with distinct accents, and the speech-supporting games were designed with speech being an integral part of the gameplay. Oh, Chuck okay. Tomac, this is what you were talking about, about <laughs> exactly. the dude in B8 and the B17 bomber game, right? Yeah, yeah. The robotic like, hillbilly or something like that? It was like, Mattel Electronics presents, and he was like, B17 bomber, and like, <laughs> so, so frame this for the time, like, 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 think about the, like, like, uh, I, I think a great exercise to teach this would, like, like how significant of an improvement this is, because it kind of seems like nothing when we think about today's games, but go play the initial baseball game on Atari. Like whenever you struck out, it made this noise like, <laughs> like, and, and like it's, it's known like as like the most annoying part of that game. Like they could not make the game say strike or you're out or whatever. So, you, you you would get these um I, I went back and looked at that uh, dungeons and dragons game like like it didn't it wasn't intel like, like only certain games were compatible with the intel voice but like that dungeons and dragons game like uh whenever you're getting like one of the characters is is giving you the business or whatever like you know killing you or whatever it's just like you know instead of like a a real like you know sound of a sword or a dragon yeah. like like or something it they they really didn't have a lot to work with there so this was groundbreaking like like the Intellivision already like without this, like was ahead of it. Like like when you played the baseball game, it said you're out. Like you know, instead of that weird noise, and uh, so so it was already up there. But once they added this IntelliVoice thing, and you had accents, it, you know, it it just brought it to life. And like 
And it was another selling point to bring my parents in. Like, like your parents hear that from the other room. They're like, what are you doing down there, boy? And like, you know. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Leave me alone, nothing. Yeah. I'm flying over Europe. I got to save the allies. (laughs) (laughs) Coming into an anti-aircraft battery. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and uh, like you go back and like, I I don't know the history of flight simulators, but it had a rudimentary flight simulator, you know, that's kind of showing your speed and, and, uh, you know, kind of the gyroscope view uh, of sorts there there that uh, we see in, you know, flight simulators today that are obviously more advanced. But um, 100%. Yeah, once you jammed that IntelliVoice in there and you got that B-17 bomber, which I remember being one of the, the first, like, compatible cartridges with that thing. And, like, you were off to the races, man. I mean, it made it so much more entertaining. And I want to mm. say, like... Um, I can't remember exactly what had to be done, but there was a way like, like with this to, to kind of hook a synthesizer up and, and, um, you know, kind of was one of the groundbreaking things. Like, like it was one of the first that you could make music with. There was actually a program that you could make music with. And, you know, I, I think that's something that like DJs look for today, like really rare samples and things. And I'm sure that's a source for them. You know, oh like, yeah. There's, like there's get, certainly gotta be a yeah. connection. Yeah, uh, because it, they're all electronics at the end of the day, and I think the the turn of the you know seventies to eighties there is when um, that whole scene was going on too. You know the, the synthesizers uh, coming out of um, Europe and the UK. Yeah. You know uh, that new wave genre of music, <laughs> new <Yeah>. wave. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. People start See, figuring out where we got the inspiration for the that's name. Right. Um, but uh yeah so there you know and then also with the um the dj rap hip-hop scene that was coming out in those times i'm sure there was a connection with synthesizers and the music <laughs> scene and uh with yeah. gaming and all that i mean not a direct <laughs> connection but there was certainly a tech related connection boy Anyways. that 80s that 80s uh styling um i think what does the kids say these days drip like <laughs> those really thin ties like like we're one thing and i i remember i had this members only jacket like that was the jam back then man it was kind of like <laughs> it was, uh, that's awesome yeah it's 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 really comical to go back and look uh you know what the styling a lot a lot of fluorescent colors and things that, yeah so it's 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 interesting you mentioned that like uh man yeah, if what, i could like, go back in time as like a uh and and be in my like I guess like mid or late twenties, even even like early thirties, like even at the, uh, at the age I have now, but to be like in the eighties, like mm. maybe in San Diego or, <laughs> or, uh, you know, Miami or, uh, any of those cool, yeah. like scene or like, uh, you know, just experience that would be, that'd be awesome. And then come back, of course. Yeah, I I, I gotta know, play I, I'd like to play that game of of you know what would if if I could take one of our you know like our art game and show it to to 1981 me uh, which would have been around 10 years old. Uh, wow. Oh man. Yeah, I think I. I don't I don't know time. how that would have turned out. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be tough to go back and uh, you know play uh, with the play with the blocky looking characters there after that. But uh, yeah, we look at the who, who's the owner of Wildcard. This, this guy <laughs> looks just like you. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah develop, like i'd take that ideal and run with it i'm sure um but um yeah it it's uh it's a it's certainly a um sort of revered age uh of innocence i feel like um that i'd oh, man. visit again yeah i mean we're gonna in upcoming episodes we're gonna keep talking about all of this stuff that 
takes us back and we're hoping it takes you back too, listeners or if you've never played any of these things uh we'll hope it'll spark interest and uh you'll enjoy that but let's let's keep going um it looks like the next kind of like milestone for Intellivision was the Intellivision 2. Uh, reading from the article, the Intellivision 2 redesign was much smaller and cheaper to manufacture than the original. In the spring of 1983, Mattel introduced the Intellivision 2, a cheaper, more compact redesign of the original that was designed to be less expensive to manufacture and service. With updated styling, it also had longer controller cords. Uh, I don't have any images right now available, but yeah, I think it I remember seeing smaller. it. It was it, it was, was a little thinner. smaller, kind of gray, like like mm -hmm. um, it, we left the wood grain behind. Um, sadly, oh, but man. <laughs> uh, Never leave the wood grain behind. It looks more like I'm. I kind of remember. Um, I think my mom was working um, in an office at that time. It, it kind of reminded me of the housing on her um, typewriter, her Smith Corona, I think it was at the time, or something like that. Um, yeah, that that sort of gray uh, housing that uh, we see eventually uh, be utilized by the Nintendo uh, mm -hmm. there in 1985. But um, you know, I think the the thought here was, um, you know, there's something interesting that uh, I wonder if our listeners have heard of and and you as well is is something called Moore's Law. Um, mm. You know where that that uh, I want to say this uh, cat uh, Richard Moore uh, is maybe his name. He 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 didn't necessarily set out to make a law, but he stated that the the amount of computing power would double every two years, like the amount of things they could get on a semi semiconductor, and that's held true. Like since he said that, which I think was in maybe the sixties, fifties, something like that. Like, like it, it goes way back and, and it's held true, like up into this age. And, and I think we're approaching that moment where it, you know, they can't get anything more. And, and I think one of the limiting factors is heat. Um, mm. you know, we see all the fans and things like, like, like ultimately just the amount of heat created. So, so I think, you know, here's Moore's law, like, like taking place, like, like two years have gone by and, um, you know, what spring of 1983. So, so, you know, from 79, like computing power and Ram, the price of Ram has gone down enough that they can make this thing cheaper. And, um, yeah, when you think about comparatively, like we're almost up to a grand, like it, it probably needed to be a little cheaper. Uh, yeah. you know, um, cause, um, well, a thousand bucks, I mean, considering inflation, that's you know, a big old purchase. Yeah. It's huge. I mean, it, it, uh, it right had now to be, just for context, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I want to get the the PS5 because they're available right now in Mexico, but uh, you know I, I'm still just I'm not in a rush enough to grab that thing because it's pretty spendy, you know. And I think it's yeah. and I think it has to do with the availability of the PS5 with uh, the scalping and all that stuff, which I don't know a whole bunch about. I just I know the basics of it. But if that's still going on, then you know. Uh, <laughs> but looking at, looking at that price, I think it's going for like. 13,000 pesos, like 13,000 pesos or something, which is around 650 bucks. Like, uh, I'm going to wait a little bit. So <laughs> to, to think a thousand bucks, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Um, I, but, I, yeah, so I can it makes think sense of a funny uh, situation around this. I remember once I, I was, I was spending the night with my cousins and, uh, you know, maybe, um, there's a place called Gatlinburg, not too far from where we grew up. It's kind of a tourist destination. I think that's where Dollywood is today and whatnot. And uh, so, so my uncle uh, took me and his, uh, my cousins, his three sons, uh, on this trip. And I want to say it came this this like week long rain deluge or whatever, and we were all trapped in this 
sort of rental condo there in Gatlinburg, like driving him insane that he actually mm. purchased us a video game system just so that we would have no something shoot. to do and get out of his hair. And I remember like, no you know, way. thinking, yeah, like, like how, you know, like, like we had broke him essentially <laughs> just from, you know, being little kids up in his, uh, up in his business, I guess. And, uh, yeah, once he had that system, like we were all in the back bedroom there, like from then on, you know, he didn't have another problem out of us. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, look, I'm looking at it here. Um, with, uh, the Intellivision Two. I finally, finally found a picture of it. It looks pretty similar. It just looks a little, little uh, shorter, really. Yeah, kind of smaller and without cheaper. the wood grain. And honestly, until ninety nine bucks, it retailed. It until we like. did this research, I didn't. I don't remember that. Like, like in. It's odd too, like like how we think of like uh, you know, say going from PlayStation One to PlayStation Two, like we do look for backwards compatibility, but the the Intellivision Two essentially was just the Intellivision One, like like it, it was cheaper, it played the same game, so it wasn't like you know you had Intellivision Two games and it was backwards compatible, you just had the yeah. same game, so so really in my you know little okay. world or whatever, there was no reason to have one. Um, yeah, it says remastered. That's probably why this article has the title remastered above it. It says that, you know, there wasn't much much to it beyond a remastering, perhaps. It says the controllers were removable through joystick ports, facilitating easier repair, longer cords so players aren't quite so tightly tethered to the console, an LED light is placed next to the power button. Um, power button is now dual mode. So just like some, you know advancements really but it looks like yeah that that was pretty much pretty much yeah it. Um, it, it wasn't a huge leap but um and you know when you when you consider the money like it, it just in my world it probably wasn't worth it i i, I think you know if it was going to do the same thing as the one i already had and and uh you know i think it's interesting like like the longer controller cords i i i you know, as I'm sitting here in my nice gaming chair right now, like I think of like back in those days, I was in the floor in front of the TV laying on my stomach, like playing the video game. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that, that would have been nice if there was a cable long enough to reach to the couch that we could actually have, you know, sat in a seat and played this game. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. not a well, ton uh, of innovation. And, and, you know, it seemed like, um, honestly, like, like we're almost in my opinion, kind of looking at the heyday of the, the Intellivision right there. Like, like, um, you know, it, it's obviously doing well, uh, but uh, we're about to move into that uh, sort of 1983 um, crash, and and uh, I, th- I think it'd be yeah. interesting to kind of talk about that, like like kind of. Uh, we will. Before we do that, I want to I want to backtrack real quick and go back to what you mentioned about the play cable. I found an article on the dotteaters dot com, and in the article they have a section called downstream, and it's just about that. Let me read this real quick because it is fascinating considering the the time yeah <laughs> considering when this was yeah. also developed for the Intellivision is play cable a joint venture between mattel and the play cable company introduced in 1981 it offers a 24-hour gaming service to customers via their local tv cable outlet that is crazy uh for 12 dollars a month a rotating schedule of 15 games is made available to subscribers who receive the general instrument uh, menu fact, uh, factory play cable adapter box for their cable company and plug into their cartridge slot of their master component. There's a little bit more there, but that's the gist of it. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like um, 
I don't know that we had cable anyway. Like, like it, it probably existed. Like I, I remember, you know, when cable came into the house and we had our first HBO uh, channel, you know, and, and, uh, so, um, yeah, at this time, I don't even know that, that there was cable available, you know, where I lived, but like say in bigger cities, I, I think this was going down in 1981 and, and wow, how cool would that have been? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, all right. So what else? I think the next, uh, you know, before we get into where in television is these days, there's that little transitional period post-1983 video game crash mm -hmm. uh, up until when they decided to start making the new Intellivision Amico. But there was a little yeah. interim there, I think, which has to do with the video game crash uh, that you were discussing. I don't know yeah. the details on that too much. I don't want to get too, uh, too deep into that because I'd really just, I don't have that much data on it. But what was that all about? To the best you know, of your uh, I, recollection. I feel like, like, you know, as we've mentioned before, Mattel was in, in the toy business and they had made those handheld games like those uh, comically simple football games and baseball and games. And I Barbie. was talking about. And they made Barbie. Barbie's dream house. They, they killed it with Barbie. <laughs> Man. Of course. Yeah. They killed it with Barbie. The, yeah. Uh, you, you know, so, so you've got not necessarily gamers making the decisions on this. Like, like you've got, um, you know, CEOs at Mattel that, that, um, you know, have got a bottom dollar, a uh, bottom line to, to uphold and, uh, stock, uh, investors and things like that. So I think they, um, as best as I remember, like sort of saw the writing on the wall. Um, you know, once the, the, the crash had, 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 uh, happened there, like sort of, a. a you know, retail glut of sorts and, um, you know, took a, took a totally different direction and sold out in 1984, uh, to something called the I, INTV Corp, um, which, uh, produced its own in television and the, the, the INTV system three, which I never heard of as a kid. Oh, I see what happened here. And okay. Before real quick, before we, let me jump in before we get into that. Uh, and thanks again, by the way, for sharing that outline, because uh, I just noticed that you have a little description here that you included in the outline um, about the video game crash, which I love. You know, I know it was a, a tough time for, for the gaming industry, but I love the nickname, you know, in retrospect, the Atari Shock. I yeah. love that. It says, the video game crash of 1983, known as the Atari Shock in Japan, was a large-scale recession in the video game industry that occurred from 1983 to 1985, primarily in the United States. The crash was attributed to several factors, including market saturation and the number of game consoles and available games, many of which were of poor quality, as well as wanting interest in gaming consoles in excuse me, as well as waning interest in gaming consoles in favor of personal computers. So people were kind of uh, moving towards PCs. Uh, even back then, it looks like. Home video game revenues peaked at $3.2 billion in 1983, then fell to around 100 million by 1985. Holy <laughs> smokes! A drop of almost 97 percent. And you saw, like, when we converted, that's that's like, like 80s dollars, like like 275 came out to a thousand a minute ago. So mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking multi billions, like tens of billions of dollars uh, industry here. That that Dang, uh, someone in today's took it dollars. right in the, you know. 
Well, and and I think one thing that, like, honestly, until like I researched this or whatever, like you know, I think of me in 1983, like like this didn't really affect the consumer. Like, actually, in some ways, it was good for the consumer because, like, suddenly you saw these these games like go the price go down, like in bargain bins and Mm -hmm. things like that. But uh, if you had that in television, if you had that one thousand dollar piece of equipment sitting at home. But all of a sudden, like for the the gaming industry, I think they had they had, they had saw this incredible gains, and they were predicting like a fifty percent gain for the next year, and like there was just a little blip, like like maybe it was going to be more like a ten percent gain, but a steady gain. And once this information got to Wall Street, um, suddenly like the the Atari stock went down, and it, it kind of started a, a domino effect uh, that led um, you know to to sort of a it, it they, I've, I've heard, you know, kind of done a little bit of research and, and saw a lot of different opinions on why it happened. But, um, you know, I think human greed really is the, the underlying thing. Like, like, uh, everybody saw that this was going on and wanted to get a piece of it. So you had like, uh, you know, I think even Perina dog food put out a game at one point and like, you know, it, it just, everybody was jumping into the market. You also had, uh, your initial, like, like how like today when you buy a video game like an Xbox game it's going to say Xbox up on the top and that was kind of the case in the beginning but once independent developers got in there and Atari lost like the control over uh the games like they kind of lost the market got flooded and uh poor quality you had clones of games and And that's uh, with Atari? Yeah, cuz they it, it did happen cuz uh, I know with the Intellivision they they sold licensing to Sears and Radio Shack. Yeah. And what was the name of the one? um, Yeah. And then the video game system or something from Sears. Yeah. uh, And and, and from what I read, that kind of had, and if that had an impact as well on the undoing of Intellivision. I agree. And, you know, people mentioned like like one of the things I think it even mentioned there in that article was about how like the number of consoles w- was confusing to people. But uh, if you really think about it, we have more consoles than that today and people aren't confused. And, and also like, like I mentioned, like, um, you know, we often joke on my, you know, growing up there in the South or whatever, it took like 10 years for innovations to get here. Like the world could end and we wouldn't that we'd have 10 more years. Cause it'd take you that time to get here. Like, you know, so, so it, it took, well, I gotta be protected in that way too, down here where I'm at. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think that's, uh, it's one of the things that, you know, like, uh, we share, like, like it's, it's very similar. Like, so you gotta, you gotta, you gotta adapt. Like you gotta figure out some way to make it work, you know? And, uh, um, when, whenever, um, these new consoles, like like the the more obscure ones that that you hear coming out, like it did, that news just didn't get to East Tennessee, and especially like you know I'm sure old mom and dad weren't you know after they'd already purchased this two hundred seventy five dollar television, they weren't hearing nothing else. I'd already sold them on the fact that it was going to be you know the only gaming system that we needed. You know, oh yeah, you'd already yeah. putting all your or yeah. all your uh, <laughs> eggs in that basket. In that basket, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you know it's like you go over to your cousin's house and play some odyssey two or whatever and yeah that's where you're going to be playing it is what my dad would yeah say. i could see you come back saying so dad there's this thing called the intellivoice 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah. turns out, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need to He's get a, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You know, it's like, um, you want me to be a musician, right? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it, you know, I don't, I don't think like the confusion about the, the number of consoles, like, like, like really played into it that much, especially like if you were kind of of a household no. that wasn't going to be buying to anyway. Money matters, man. It was money matters. They made it, they, they probably thought it was a good call. But it was turned out to be a bad call because if there was a price variance at all, and then it, like it, if I have an Intellivision in front of me, and then a Tandy Vision from Radio Shack, and then the Sears version, which I don't remember the name off the top of my head, and I know that they're all the same, and I'm just I'm just speculating because again I wasn't there back then and I haven't done that much research, but you know if they're all sitting there in front of me, I know they're the same, and they have for the most part the same game choices, maybe fewer more or less depending, but there's a price difference. Like if the radio, I'm just speculating again. If the Radio Shack one was a hundred bucks cheaper, or fifty bucks cheaper, or twenty bucks cheaper than the other version, I'm gonna go for that Radio Shack version. And then the other two companies are taking a hit right there. Yeah, you know, they're almost like like they 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 didn't hold on to their their like um, creative properties in some ways. Like, like I feel they, like you know, in television was thinking uh, for a short time horizon profitability mm-hmm. instead of long time horizon consistent profitability they're and like see, we have the luxury yeah, of knowing that the gaming industry is going to go on like like and there's going to be these generations of consoles but like i think in like the mattel ceo's mind at that time like this could you know be a fad and like it just go away and so so they you know they see christmas coming and and uh they know as we've mentioned kind of the middle class is going to make these larger purchases around that time and and you know, they just sort of threw uh, quality out the window at times. Like, like I heard, like the Pac-Man is is often cited as one of the worst games too that that came to um, Atari. Atari, uh, yeah, along I, with the, I saw the, the comparison. The yeah, yeah, and and like the story goes is that the guy that made that game, like he turned in a prototype. Like the game that we got was the prototype. Like they actually, you know, saw like like you know, Christmas is coming. So you put this thing on out there and you know, that, that, that really wasn't his intent. And yeah, I, you heard, know, a, I heard a podcast on that with all the details. Yeah. So he was bombed. I, I think of it though. Like I remember, um, you know, going to the arcade back then, um, and playing the regular Pac-Man. I don't think anywhere in my mind, like I expected the one I had at home on my TV to be that good. Like, so it, it it doesn't like have the same impact, I guess. Like I expected it was going to be like a little bit of a downplay, but, um, um, you know, when you do compare it though, like, like, like I, I looked at some comparisons of like Donkey Kong on Atari and Donkey Kong on, um, uh, the Intellivision and they both kind of have their, their strong points, but, um, yeah, you can just see like a, a lack of attention to quality that, uh, you know, maybe uh, was lying in the pockets of investors, but uh, wasn't necessarily the greatest thing for uh, you know, kind of the 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 quality of the video games at the time. Um, so yeah, that um, you know, I, I do feel like there's like, like you mentioned, there's sort of that time period from 1984 to 1990. There, uh, you know, so when I think like in television, it sold out to INTV, like which I yeah, said they, I've uh, never heard of, and. They, you know, there were moves were made, if you were, uh, if you will. Yeah, they started you this know? Tudor Vision. Like, yeah, uh, there's another example of, um, you know, 
Back in the day, you didn't have the old like Google machine to go to there. You had the World Book Encyclopedia. Yeah. Like, these people would come door to door and they sold like we had a copy of these encyclopedias at my house. And um, you know, they're 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 actually still in the the I remember cases. those. Yeah. Yeah. So so, you know, at some point in nineteen eighty nine, I think it was uh the Intellivision started working on something called the Tudor Vision that was kinda gonna be an educational video game system that they had teamed up with World Book and uh you know yeah. honestly as we look at these things like um you know, the INTV, the Tudor vision, like they kind of follow a pattern of some sort of, of where these things like kind of get enough traction to, to, to get some development, but they don't ever really like reach the, the heights that the original Intellivision had rich and they, they maybe don't even come to market. Yeah. It seems like they're just kind of making grasps. Yeah. Like they're just trying to find something where they can, uh, you know, make some quick dough, maybe. I mean, that's kind of what it feels like to me, at least. Well, and I, I feel like, you know, the the counterpoint to that is that there's there's an interest. There's there's people that that grew up with these things that that you know recognize this as as a as a sort of reminder of of a you know fun time in their life or uh, an experience they shared with their friends, and you know, so the, there is some um, you know some some juice there to to get these things done. But as far as like you know, what it costs to make it and, and, you know, what's going on in the, uh, the world. Uh, I saw this quote from, um, I think it's uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, where he said that the gist of it was, is that it's important to, 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 to invest in ideals rather than circumstances. And, and obviously the world circumstances right at that time was a crash for the, the video game industry, but is the idea of, um, you know, what this thing represented at a game that you, you know, bonded mm-hmm. with your friends, like, you know, the spirit of you, it, you competed together. And, um, yeah, it, 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 that idea was still there. And I think that's what drove a lot of these innovations and, and what, uh, you know, had them try these things that maybe didn't make it to market, but, uh, you know, it looks like around, um, you know, maybe 1998, like, like they kind of started cashing in a little bit on, uh, as far as like like old games were made available for PC and, and current consoles, like you had a I think a PlayStation game that you could get called Intellivision Lives. Um, yep, that's that right. Re- and they made they made deals with uh, a lot of the larger names. Yeah, yeah, including um, Nintendo, PlayStation. Uh, yeah, there's some PC. And, and you, know, you know we've seen other games the- kind of do this and 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 have some success at it, and I think that. Uh, you know that that that's still there. I, I think at one point they did like uh, maybe in the the two thousands there somewhere they did something called the Intellivision Flashback, which was kind of a mini console um, that sold for around sixty bucks. That uh, that you know made a profit, and uh, so you know that kind of led. Uh, you know, I think there was two thousand eighteen. Uh, Tommy Tallarico, um, kind yeah, of. Yeah, but a, before we get into that. Because we're about to, I know we're, you're heading towards into the Amico, and that's going to be the last block of uh, of this here, our first introductory episode. But before we go into the last block, you know, wrapping up the OG master component, I want to, uh, oh shoot, I hope you didn't hear that. My stomach's roaring, man. We've been going at it here for, uh, with our with our dear listeners. For about an hour and a half. It's been a good introductory episode so far. But yeah, before we go into our, our final block and we talk about uh, where things are at now and uh, our boy Tommy Tallarico, which I don't... Is, is that how you pronounce his last name? 
<laughs> did, did, I, don't think we, I, I, do. don't, I don't know if it's how he does. <laughs> <laughs> if it was Spanish, it'd be uh, uh, Tallarico. Tallarico. And that could be, uh, I don't know, Tallarico. I'm sure that If it could was be, East uh, Tennessee, and it would be Tallarico. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to look at some of the notes you left here, which again, thank you for putting this together. Wrapping up on this uh, awesome master component, what were the innovations of the Intellivision? We have, it is to be considered the first 16, 16-bit game console coming 10 years before the Sega Genesis came out with their 16-bit uh, deal. 16-bit microprocessor. It was the first home console and one of the first video games to use a tile-based playfield that allowed for the display of detailed graphics and color with very little RAM. The Intellivision was also the first system to feature downloadable games with play cable in 1981. Chuck Tomahawk, that was a, that was I think that <laughs> was the fact of the of the episode. That was the, I, hold on I real would, quick before you before you, I want to just get through this list. Um, I know you want to jump into the next segment. Yeah. Uh, Intellivision was the first game console to provide real time human voices. That's another fact factoid mm-hmm. of the episode in yeah. the middle of gameplay, courtesy of the Intellivoice module. It was the first game controller with a directional thumb pad. The Intellivision was also the first game console or home computer to offer a musical th- synthesizer keyboard. Very cool yeah. stuff. Thanks again for that, by the way, that little list yeah, of no uh, factoids. Like, like, I, um, uh, a couple takeaways. I like, like, lo- would love to talk to someone that, that actually you know, experienced that lived in a bigger city and got to experience play cable. Um, and I think that would be an interesting uh, topic at some point, uh, you know, for anyone that has information about that to share with us. But also, as you mentioned, the directional thumb pad, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about this because if there are folks that have bad memories of the system, it's going to be about that thumb pad because it was, it was a big difference like versus your, um, kind of joystick situation with one button that you had going on the Atari at the time. And Mm -hmm. there were some games like, like, especially like when you go from, um, say going straight down to straight up, like there's no, like, like on today's D pad, like that's kind of like obvious and, and sort of facilitated a little more, like, like there's a little more of a, like a break, like you feel it when nothing is happening and you feel it break over. But like this, especially as I remember it was very uh, sensitive to that and, and kind of, I remember like you would kind of keep your thumb on it. Like, so when you rolled from going down to rolling to going up, like there, there was a moment where you were giving an input to go right. Like, like, so yeah, yeah. I, 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 I saw, I saw people like, like kind struggle of with struggle. that. Yeah. And, and people that don't like it, especially, you know, when you're going into that learning curve and you've been doing well on Donkey Kong on Atari and now you're over here playing on a television and you suck, like, you know, you got to got to fight through that. And, and you've seen me struggle with like trying to go from controller to, you know, PC, uh, like playing wars on a PC. And like, you know, it's, it's a tough thing to, to accept. Like I've got to be worse for a while before I get better. And, uh, mm-hmm. So, so that was a, a downfall for a lot of people. And, um, you know, as much as it was like a revolutionary and kind of led us into to the directional pad that we see on, on our uh, PlayStation controllers and whatnot today, like, like it, it also is kind of a hated part of it, uh, for a lot of folks. And, um, 
I feel like I was somewhere in the middle. Like, like it was annoying at first, but but I kind of learned it. And and one of the neat consequences of that was uh, when my buddies came over that didn't have that system, and they had to experience that learning curve while we were playing football. Like they were going to take a whooping. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on over, boys. No, 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 I got hot pockets. I got hot pockets. Yeah, just yeah, come on over. Like, no, no, it's just like the attire. You've played this before, right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> button here button there <laughs> yeah yeah so um yeah, yeah i can I see you already probably... telling, you can sit closer to the tv if you want <laughs> you think yeah. it'll help <laughs> you know my personality like i didn't tell them like like i didn't help them i'm sure like especially uh, my cousins but uh um yeah so so that directional pad like although it was an innovation it, it uh it it, it it had its limitations, and yeah. uh, I remember specifically uh, auto racing being really jacked up. Uh, I think they were trying to emulate like what what it was like to drive. Like like if you actually watch a Formula One race, they 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 don't hold their hand up on the top of the wheel like the ten and two position we think of. They hold it from the bottom, mm-hmm. and they tried to emulate that. So. So actually to go left, you had to be on the bottom of that disc and, and kind of go left where you, yeah, it just, it was kind of counterintuitive. Um, yeah, and, I see. I, I know where you're coming from. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so yeah, that, that was, uh, some struggles with that, but, um, yeah, I think it's good that, that, uh, you know, we kind of revisit those innovations and, uh, you know, I think before we move on, I, 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 I do want to like I think that video game crash is, is interesting because you know I think of the stories like kind of what went on with GameStop uh, there you know the last couple of years uh, kind of with investors and whatnot and um, you know I even heard like you know this is kind of an example of the video game community kind of standing up for a brand like you know I, I don't know how folks feel about GameStop out there I kind of have uh, you know love hate relationship in some ways with it I guess like I'm not super happy with like what they give me for used games but. Uh, I've also bought a lot of things there and, um, you know, found a lot of things that I like there too. So, um, yeah. Um, awesome. Well, what do you say? Should we get into the final block of this, uh, episode B- before we do? Yeah. Uh, and I might, I might cut this out. I'm thinking about it, but Chuck Tomahawk, I got to go to the baño, man. All right. <laughs> Discharge. Do it to it. <laughs> Be right back. All right. I'm going to grab some coffee while you're doing it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, uh, some of the, uh, uh, there, there needs to be like a Facebook thing that says uh, Mark safe from the video game crash of 1983. <laughs> 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 or, or, or maybe I could get myself a t-shirt that says I survived yeah. the video game crash. Uh, of <laughs> I'd have to get one that says I wasn't quite born just yet, but I would have survived. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the game, the, 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 the console was very successful. I mean, it, it, it did well at the beginning. That's, I mean, it left its mark for a reason. I mean, uh, things kind of fell apart quickly, it seems like, but the initial release, the initial year or two of the uh, master component, the original one. Mm-hmm. Three million you know, copies, like three million units sold. Uh, yeah, that's know, putting it out there for sure. It. Uh, I would have been all over that B-17 bomber, man. It. Honestly, it's one I of my absolute favorites. I would have been all over that. Um, yeah, yeah, we, uh, we 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 need to play that on an emulator sometime. But, and well, and also, like like I think, um, you know, maybe that's a, a segue to to our next topic. Is I hear well, there's a new version of the B seventeen bomber. Oh, uh, right on. But uh, I just thought of another thing, and I think we would be remiss of not mentioning this too. But you wouldn't happen to have a list of the top selling games back then, would you? 
Is that um, something we could bring up real quick? Could we use a cheat code? It, like as as far as for the Intellivision? Yeah, um, what were the top selling games for the Intellivision? Uh, let's use a cheat code and figure that out real quick. Yeah, let's see that real quick. Because uh, I'm sure the listeners are going like, yeah, but what? I think one of the, I mean, like a, a quick answer to that question is what did it come with? Like, like a, I do, I do. Oh no, I think we should, let's, 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 so that, just so that we can move on to the next block and not, uh, chew up too much of, uh, our folks' time. I just want to know like what the top five bestsellers were and then we can move on to the, the Amico. All right. Uh, Best selling. Let's see here. Hmm, I'm going to go right to the top five here. This is according to Retro Dodo. (laughs) We're going to give him respect right away. (laughs) Retro Dodo. Oh, yeah. We're taming Dodos on the arc all the time. We know where he's coming from. Uh, (laughs) We've got Dig Dug, 1982. Arcade classic. Really fun. Going through tunnels and blowing up like you could hook this little pump to these things. Uh, <laughs> a little pump. <laughs> yeah, you pump them up, and blow them up. All right, we've got number four, Tron Deadly Discs, nineteen eighty two. Oh my god! Another link to a movie. Uh, man, great movie, video game oriented movie even. And boy, howdy, what a fun game! All right, all right. Coming in at number three, Burger Time, nineteen eighty three. <laughs> Another arcade classic, um, yeah, it's it's kind of like Donkey Kong meets hamburgers. Essentially. <laughs> 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 oh, Two things good. I loved in nineteen eighty. Ooh, this one. And uh, oh, this guy. This is uh, funny here. A very retro uh, picture game art. Number two, Beam Rider, nineteen eighty three. Man, we should have named our podcast Beam Rider. I don't know though. It could go a couple of different ways. Uh, and I'm not surprised at the number one spot, according to the RetroDodo.com top uh, in television games. Number one, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, 1982. It was a classic. It, um, Man, you're going through these tunnels that, that, like, they don't render until you are right on them. And, like, you see that snake on the cover there? That sucker is on you. And it starts, like, it starts making this noise, like, <laughs> and, like, you just, you want to get away from it so bad. And uh, you had oh, these, you had, you had, like, a bow. Obviously, you can see the guy on the, the cover there. And you were constantly, you know, finding these quivers that you re-upped with the arrows and working your way through this map to get over to the dragon. Mm-hmm. And um, it got harder and harder as you went. And, uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, like I, I never played, did you ever play the board game at all? Like, like I didn't, like, roll the dice. I'm not going to lie. I didn't. Yeah. Me neither. It, it, it just, there wasn't really a community uh, to do that, uh, you know, where I grew up there, but, uh, you know, I like the ideal of it and, um, you know, obviously we, we've, we see that, uh, in a lot of games, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, as I'm, as I'm kind of fanning through that list there, I, I, there's a lot of recognizable, uh, like sort of titles but uh you know i think this is kind of a um, like a personal thing for everyone like like i know what my favorites were and, and like the ones that really made a lasting impact on me um you know that b-17 bomber looks like it came in 14th or something like that, that that's way mm-hmm. up there that when we first th- thought of this you know talking about this like like that game came to my mind like as far as you know one of the best that i'd ever played um mm-hmm. you know up into that time so um yep yeah, a lot of interesting titles out there. Uh, a lot of interesting um, titles. 
man, some of these, I'm looking at all the art and man, I just love the retro game art, to be honest. I love it. I, I think it's very interesting how these memories are, are kind of, you know, in there for me. And until you see something like you don't, you don't really, um, you know, you're not thinking about that, but, uh, yeah. Well, if I may, let's jump right into this. This is in May 2018, and this is, uh, again, coming from the TechSpot article that I was reading from earlier. In May 2018, a longtime video game music veteran, Tommy Tallarico, or Tallarico, announced that he had acquired the brand and formed in television entertainment. In October, Tallarico unveiled, unveiled excuse me, the Intellivision Amico, a next-gen version of the beloved console. Make no mistake. The Amico is not looking to compete with the likes of the PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X, but it does have some appeal, the article states. Uh, yeah. I'm going to read, I'm going to, real quick, I'm going to continue reading this just because it has, it'll, it goes right into the specs, which I know everyone loves to hear the specs. I love to hear the specs, even though I don't understand all of them. I understand the most of them. Uh, it says, the Amico is a retro gaming system at heart, however, with modern hardware, including a an 8-core, 1.8 gigahertz Snapdragon SoC, 2 gigabyte RAM, which is, you know, not very much, of course, 32 gigabyte storage with micro SD expansion and 1080p HDMI. It is far more capable than the older master component. It has a slick reimagined design in a smaller form factor with arguably unnecessary but cool LED lighting. The controllers Harken back to the originals, but the disc pad is way more advanced, and designers replace the physical number pad with an LED screen. This is, uh, again, coming from the TechSpot article. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my first reaction was, like, super excitement. Um, you know, obviously this uh, Tommy Tallarico is uh, respected uh, in the industry, and uh, especially in, like, sound innovations and... Um, you know, him jumping on board there in 2018, um, you know, and, and kind of announcing this thing, I think got a lot of folks excited. Um, but where, uh, where's this going? You know, it, where is, is it is going, a, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like a whole I, other block to unpack here. And I think, I think it starts with, with, uh, with what you say, that, um, excitement that, nostalgia uh of retro games um i mean you know let's just uh let's read from the article let me read from the article a bit more here the games revealed so far are retro in style but not in substance many of the classic intelligent classics that i knew and loved this is the writer of the article speaking like astro smash advanced dungeons and dragons now called cloudy mountain biplanes and even missile command are being brought back with gorgeous new coats of paint and updated gameplay mechanics mm -hmm. so you know we're looking at a retro feel but maybe more smooth gameplay uh, that issue that you were just talking about with the wheel or touchpad thing. Um, what, mm -hmm. no, no, the, uh, yeah, the wheel mm -hmm. spinner type of deal. Uh, those issues, obviously Still they, exist. well, I don't know. It sounds like they may have, uh, ironed that out. I think people are, 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 you know, and I think now we're getting it like where we had that number pad, people are, are starting to, to 
um, like, like now there's an actual touch screen, uh, you know, and folks had, had some questions about that. And, you know, I think we're still using the, the, uh, D pad like, um, disc there, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously some improvements and, you know, I, I guess as I'm looking at this and, and kind of, you know, see, watched a little bit of video of gameplay and, and whatnot, um, you know, I, I think that describes it like, like you've still got like sort of a, a side scrolling game, but in today's graphics, like you can actually make a side scrolling game that looks like there's almost an open world that you can explore, which kind of gives you a greater, way greater perspective than, than the, the side scrolling games used to have. I think it and, would be, sorry for interjecting, no, that, but I think it would be great too, for there just to be one platform where the community, the gaming community, if if they're interested, if they're into it, they know where they can go to get their retro gaming. Yeah. Instead and, of kind and, of figuring, oh, should I download an emulator? Should I get it on my phone? Because part of that, uh, in te- not, to, not to backtrack to the last block, but part of that in Television Lives was I think they even did a deal with Nextel. If you remember Nextel, mm-hmm. back in 2002, I saw it in a Wired article <laughs> I read last night from 2002 on com, where they had made a deal with, Nextel, you know, the, the chirping phone that they, I don't think they yeah. exist anymore. I had a Nextel back in uni. Um, yeah. You could play those games on there. So, uh, you know, it's cool I, for them to have, uh, you know, and, and we'll see where they're at today, but to have say, hey, this is where you get your retro gaming guys within television. And, and, you know, and I think when I think of that, like I think of like family fun sort of like, you know, obviously, like our interest right at this moment are are kind of you know like we mentioned Ark, like like a game like that, and and you know, it's like I'm I'm going to spend some time with my mom this weekend, and and like if I have if I took my PlayStation over there and and like tried to get her involved in Ark, like it would be incredibly hard, like you know, for her to see that that awesomeness of it because there's a lot of you know learning curve to go through there, but. Is I'm taking and and what I saw from the gameplay in these games is that they're they're kind of like gamers like us and our listeners like this is something that you would do with non gamers like like um, like I mentioned mm. like like that trip to Gatlinburg like we're you know ultimately some because of the weather we ended up inside and like um you know I I do have some good memories like I've been on planes like with my mom and and gotten her to play Angry Birds even and and like it's really funny to watch like mm. um you know just because like she has no reference point to start with you know like like and so when you say like click on something she just sort of looks at you you know and, and she's not a big computer person at all but you know ultimately I got her to figure it out and and you know like like her like something that would be just a rudimentary achievement for me in the game. Like when she did it, like we we were super excited together, you know, and, uh, you know, just kind of watching her work her way through that, uh, was fun. So that's what I imagine. I imagine, you know, just pulling out those old games and, you know, maybe getting the opportunity. Like if I had this, this weekend there, you know, I might say, Hey mom, you know, I did some research come to find out, like you spent the equivalent of a thousand dollars on me <laughs> at Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I really want to thank you for it. And, and Hey, there's, here's the system that, that, you know, goes back to those days and, uh, it's good memories for me. Let's play this game. And, you know, I, I, and there, there, that game is accessible for her. Like, like it, um, you know, doesn't yeah. take a lot of learning to figure no. out how to kind of scroll to the right. And, uh, it looks like that's what they're trying to market. You know, they're trying to yeah. market this to families, uh, younger kids, 
Uh, it you know it's really it looks like it's really family oriented. Like not you're not going to see any games with violence or, or you know uh, ratings that aren't good for the kids, if you will. Yeah, you know, it's it's for the family. Um, and I saw a commercial. They they you know they obviously produced some. Uh, marketing stuff of course and there's a commercial there it's a very long commercial actually it's like a trailer or announcement or something like that but uh they're very focused on you know it being for the kids and bringing the family together in front of the uh amico to to have that gaming experience as a family at least that's what they're kind of getting after it seems like yeah i i'm getting that too and and um you know i i just picture like i say you know non-gamer friends like like uh you know, like, like, you know, just almost like, like I'm thinking of, uh, um, like, like, like when you play board games with your dad or, or something, you know, it's kind of a rare occasion, like, like, you know, to get, get, uh, you know, someone that's not big into gaming to, to do it. But when you do, mm-hmm. like you do have a good time cause it, uh, you know, kind of, it's, it's like that fish out of water, uh, sort of situation that that's kind of funny to watch, uh, you know, someone that's, uh, obviously a functioning adult like struggle with uh with something like that uh so so yeah i think that that's that's sort of like their target uh you know who it's for um you know and i think the pandemic uh is something we've all been dealing with and uh, i think it's the, they're dealing with it too they, they've really ran into like a number of delays and and setbacks as this thing uh you know kind of took life there in 2018 and and uh yeah i think I'm I'm just going to we can jump right to it. I mean, uh I'm I'm reading this from I'm using another cheat code here going to Wikipedia. Um it says in February February of this year, so, you know, 2 months ago. Mm-hmm. Telerico stepped down from his role as CEO of Intellivision Entertainment, remaining on board. Um, he's on the board of the as the company's president and largest shareholder. Uh he was replaced by the company's former chief revenue officer Phil Adam in a statement provided to IGN which I did a little bit of research for this episode on IGN as well. There wasn't a whole bunch there. Yeah, like, the company like said that the ma- the company said the management shift was to better align its resources to face the new challenges of commencing production of the Amico. That same month, Intellivision Entertainment began its fourth round of fundraising, with corporate management acknowledging that the company has had zero revenue since 2018 and cannot here we go and cannot operate beyond July. 2022 without further mm-hmm. investment this is a wikipedia mm-hmm. article so you know i mean not that that's bad but uh i'm sure this is an evolving situation but um it says here a uh well it, money talk essentially i guess it's not too important but it looks like yeah as you as you mentioned chuck tomahawk mm-hmm. they're having some struggles do you think we're gonna see the yeah. amico come out like full release I, I'm gonna if if just, you know, just I'm really drop it like a corner and have to say yes or no. I'm gonna say no. no. Wow. No, I don't think man. so. I, I I think I just too, saw like, your shoulders, like, you know, shrug. Oh. Well, let's go back to Moore's law. Like like you know, it's like they started in 2018. So every two years, like like 2020 and 2010, like like computing power has doubled. So like what you know their parameters and and everything like you've got to get this stuff out fast to like to, you know, you not be obsolete by the day it comes out, you know, cause sometimes, I, you know, sometimes just, sometimes it's a money thing, but sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes dumping money into 
the the problem isn't always the the solution. I mean, I feel like that. I feel like we can look at the Battlefield franchise and and kind of mm-hmm. see that. Like, I mean, I I say that without really knowing the inner workings of oh, that yeah. there, but the I'm Tennessee speculating. The volunteer but, football program would be a great example. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, even yeah, know what it yeah, is, yeah, but that yeah. sounded funny. You know the story, like yeah, money just can't fix some things. Yep. Uh, you know, talent and 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 two, like you know, circumstances right now. Um, yeah, there, we got. There's be a fair. lot of places to put your entertainment dollars, and uh, you know, we're all uh, watching Netflix and those sort of things these days. And and yeah, you know, it, it, I feel like if it, like like to be fair, like like you know, my short answer to your question is no. But like my longer winded, like if, like I said, if we go back to pretty much from 1984 on, they've been in this sort of limbo zone. Like, like they were looking at making the Tudor vision. They were looking at, um, yeah. Making know, deals television with Nextel, making yeah. deals with, uh, cell yeah. carriers, making deals with, yeah, you know, they're just trying to. So yeah, obviously since, you know, Tommy is still on the board and things like, like, I think, you know, that gives some confidence to investors, but, um, you know, the fact that they stopped that, uh, the, the 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 investing campaign that they had going on there like um that that you know i think is is a pretty big red flag uh and also yeah i mean it, and it looks like they closed their fundraising campaign it says uh looks like there's a quote here from ars technica's uh Makovich said that Intellivision's decision to close the campaign early rather than letting the fundraising campaign run its course was quote as bright and red a flag as it gets in the world, in the world of unreleased tech hardware. Uh, no bueno, hermano. No, no I bueno. I never let red flags stop me in my dating life, so I don't know why I would in my video game life either. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, you know what I started to say there earlier. Like, like, no, I don't think we're going to see this Amico, but will we possibly see something from these folks and, um, you know, a, a new version of the Intellivision eventually? Uh, maybe. Uh, I, I, I'm not I'm not giving up hope of that, but I think as time goes by, like, they're either going to have to do a complete redesign, you know, for today's, you know, what RAM costs today and that kind of thing, or, mm-hmm. you know, start from scratch, um, you know, somehow. Um, well, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't. Like, I, I, after seeing the original Intellivision Master component, and I am being biased here because I love all things retro. You know, I just love that look, that style, that that uh, that build, you know, that wood grain, as you put it. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then looking how different the Amico is and how, you know, futuristic they kind of tried to make it look, which it's, it's fine. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't particularly attracted to that. I think they should have kept more of a boxy style retro you know, with good hardware inside. And in my opinion, as a, as a fan of reliability, I'm always, I always, I love, I prefer reliability quality as you described it over, mm-hmm. over ability. Like I'd much rather something be reliable and, and always works good instead of it having all of these like perks and, and adjustments and f- features and all this stuff that are kind of janky. So yeah, I feel like if, if, yeah, if they can, regardless of, of the advancement of tech in the, in that principle you were describing with the two years and how tech evolves, um, I think if they can put something on the market that's reliable, that will work well, that's functional, that's user-friendly, that's not janky, that just 
you turn it on and you get your good retro gaming doses uh, and everyone can plug in easily without it being a mess or or connection breaking down or all that stuff you know just a reliable right. platform in a, in every sense of the word that would be awesome i i you know if if it were for me i would get it it's not for me cuz i have my playstation i'm a i'm a playstation player i got my pc i'm a pc mm -hmm. player and that floats my boat that floats my panga if you will if you know what a panga is <laughs> nobody knows what a panga is except you <laughs> a panga is a little uh a little fishing boat here in the area i live in, uh, yeah. in, in, in Mexico, but anyways, yeah, if, if, if that floats your chance, Go watch those things be launched. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get it done. Get some mucho cojones. <laughs> <laughs> and they, bring in the, they bring in the big fish on those little things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess they're yeah. not that little. Jam right? it up on shore, too. Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> get, up, get up in it and again it. <laughs> <laughs> to the max. But yeah. anyways, uh, yeah, I think that'd be, uh, you know, and, and I think the price is right. Looks like, uh, you know, it looks like they jacked the price up a bunch of times, but it's still not unreasonable. I'm seeing numbers at 80 bucks for the physical games, four physical games for 80 bucks. I'm seeing numbers at 150 bucks. Uh, you know, these aren't yeah, crazy but, names. You know, uh, I saw names, I'm crazy seeing prices. Like 249 to 279 is one of the last numbers I saw there. And, and oh, I think that, one of the, that's yeah, neat. one of the criticisms is like, what else could I get for that money? And you know, I think mm. at this point you could probably buy a PlayStation Four uh, for that kind of money for sure. Um, you know, probably an Xbox One even. So yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think like, like if you if yeah, it's hard. It almost seems difficile. like for me like like if you were going to get one console, this wouldn't be it. Like, but if that's the like, thing, man. Yeah, if you have a wad of cash and you're you know tricking oh, out man. a, you're like that kid with adult money now, like me. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you you know you might get one of these like just to have it like or whatever. But uh, yeah, I think as far as you know the main video game component system or or you know replacing your PC, I don't know that it's going to do that. I think enthusiasts would get it. I think. Uh, families wherein like you you have like parents that were maybe gamers or they still game and they know that gaming can be a interesting environment for younger mm. kids and maybe they don't want them to be in that you know and yeah. they, they will get them the amico so they can have some you know family fun gaming without all the gnarliness that can be in the gaming environment like we were talking mm -hmm. about earlier you know sure yeah and, and, and exposing them to that keep, too keep them away from that uh that death cam or whatever it is yeah. uh, the, on warzone so, there's no Santa Claus kid. <laughs> the Easter money's not real. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree. It, 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 that that is a market because, um, yeah, I, I, you know, my, um, I, I have friends, uh, you know, that are my age that have kids, uh, teenagers, and boy, uh, it's a struggle, I think, like, like uh, you know, keeping them off the game in the middle of the night and, and also what they might be exposed to. Oh, man, and, if uh, I ever have kids, to. I'm going to build a, you know, uh, I'm going to make them build their own tree fort and make them live out in it. No power. <laughs> I'll hang one of those thermal bags. They can shower, yeah. you know, and I'm going to make them, you know. Maybe once a year at Christmas, you can come in and play an Amico. <laughs> 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 I'll get him one of those little, uh, you know, one of those little, uh, 
those little hand, those little pocket game things where you have to like raise a creature or something. What are those called? I don't even remember those. Oh, yeah. uh, gosh, what are? Uh, it, it, I don't remember the name of it. It kind of reminds me of like uh, the, uh, it doesn't matter, Pokemon but, type thing. But yeah, yeah, you know, something like yeah, it's that. It's like it's a seems... picho. Like, like it, it was like a little egg that you raised. <laughs> yeah, a little egg thing, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, gosh, someone yeah. right now someone's yelling at us. It's called the... <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, a lot of brain kid. farts this morning on this first episode. Yeah. Um, well, shoot. Let's see here. Let's do the notes. don't want to forget anything. Uh I think we've covered most everything we wanted to talk about. Amico looks good. I did forget good. to ask you, uh, why did the console gamer cross the road? I don't know. To render the other side. <laughs> oh We're going to have to end every one of these episodes with uh, the joke corner with Chuck Tomahawk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, family friend family there guys isn't that uh, true like, the like other they... side <laughs> of course god we experience that in the arc don't we like uh like you render that base out at the last second oh man i hate that ticking. dude yeah, yeah uh, you're you're just you know you're flying around on your on your wyvern maybe on the rg no on the rg it's not so bad because they're slower but if you're flying around on that wyvern or that manic armor and you render in and there's a freaking base there with heavy turrets yeah, your your little balloon knot'll tighten up real it's quick. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a learning curve. Uh, I mean, now you know I, I get up higher in the air and turn the hell around, but you know, like the first few times it happened, I just kept on blowing through and watched myself die. So yeah, yeah. Um, Quick question: yeah, If you were board. if you were in charge of uh, in television right now, what would you be uh, telling your crew? Like, if money wasn't an issue. What would you be advising? It might be just that, like going back to that tenet of, of you know, let's not get lost in what the circumstances are right now. Let's just accept that we've got a good idea here and, you know, let's, let's follow wherever that takes us. Like, you know, making the most quality thing that we could have. I mean, I mean, just the fact that this podcast exists, the fact that we're, you know, all of different ages, us and Tommy Tallarico or whatever, and we all have an interest in this, like shows that there, there, it, it is a good idea and there is a, a market for it out there and there's something tangibly, you know, beautiful here, but uh, the circumstances of the market and what it costs to get something developed these days or manufactured and uh, whether it needs to be, you know, in the United States or in China or whatever, like, let's just let all that, um, you know, kind of fall where it may and, and keep you know, jamming forward, making good games. And yep. uh, yeah, that's what I would imagine that experience would be like, like, uh, you know, if, yeah. if I really let myself go, um, I think I would really enjoy that experience. Yeah. So. I'm going to be, I don't know. I'm not going to call it the devil's advocate, but I don't know. I want to, I want to be positive. I want to say positive things and good things, but man, I just don't think there's enough market out there for this thing to really, uh, explode and for it to be worth it for all the shareholders, you know, or the people yeah. in charge. That's just my thought. I I I, I want to be wrong though, because I'm mm -hmm. I love retro. But yeah. uh, but yeah, I just think when you got Playstations and Playstation Fives and the Xbox line and you know PCs and and Nvidia and all this, you know, I mean, I keep going and going and just you know Steam and all the 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 whole gaming environment of of today. 
it's a it's a hard place for the little amigo <laughs> amico yeah. To, yeah. to cut out a slice you know i just feel like it's got a bust bump its shoulders in there do some jujitsu just to find a space in this uh market but then that's hard because yeah. you know even even younger like i remember being four five and uh i remember a family member got me the, i don't remember i think it was it's my pops man i think he got me the game boy <laughs> and i was very very i was like four or five or something and i remember going fucking game boy I want the Nintendo. I want, you know, just like, what, what is this shit? You know, like I never said that, but in my mind I was like, what the f-? you know, so what I'm getting at with that is, is, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to sell this off to families and stuff, little kids and to keep it, mm-hmm. you know, keep it clean. If you will, I think that's a huge part of this, but even at, you know, even those little kids, man, they know what they want. They don't want, they don't want the Nico, man. They want that yeah. PlayStation 5. Get me the digital edition. Pay the money, dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and as soon as they get that hint of that, you know, there's like, man, we don't want them on, on Call of Duty or, or whatever because there's bad language, they're going to want to go there. Man, and as soon as yeah. they tame their first Tyrannosaurus Rex on Ark, it's all <laughs> over man <laughs> i remember i remember seeing your i remember hearing you through the chat man when you tamed your first parasaur you're like mm. man and then you got that cinematic crops and it was over oh i lost you you're right like, you're like right. we got raided because you were on that other map the whole day <laughs> dude trying to find cinematic crops at the same time our base is getting penetrated deep um, they went deep yeah. i remember signing lying. in and going like lying. where's my base <laughs> the whole base is gone <laughs> i'm still scarred you're right you're so right okay. i um yeah i've got no no excuses <laughs> Mick going, well, how did that happen well <laughs> wasn't john online <laughs> Hey man, it's all good. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah, I remember. No. I, I I love it. I love the, I, I love how much you love uh, Ark man. Because I that's I'm I still it's my favorite game of all time. But uh, I'm right there with you, especially current games go. Uh, yeah, like yeah, I, it's yeah. it's a current game we're playing. But I can tell you that it's my favorite game of all time because we, when you know, you know. You do know, and, and you like know I really that. loved Pokemon, but man. You're just more reasons why we need our own server. I, I really right love Metal like, Gear Solid, but man, mm-hmm. there's something about the, okay, yeah. We don't need to get into that. That's another episode for another day. I think we've done a great job talking about yeah. the Intellivision, uh, the nostalgia behind it, the experience of getting that Intellivision back in the day. Uh, I think we we covered um, how it how it grew, how it evolved. We've talked about the Amico. Uh, any any concluders, final thoughts, final comments, conclusions? Yeah, I just hope folks, you know, come with us on this journey and, uh, you know, kind of uh, get on, in on the conversation with us and, and uh, you know, kind of see how um, how these things relate to each other, like like these initial innovations and, and how they led to the games that we have today. And, uh, yeah, I think yeah, it's fun to go back and look at those things and... Uh, you know, and then apply it to where things are going in the future as we look at these uh, kind of new consoles and uh, yep. new old consoles. Old consoles, man. Flashback is, yeah. Pillar yeah. of this podcast is going to be taking a look at these 
old systems, old platforms, old video games, old dynamics within video games. We're going to be looking at mm-hmm. how multiplayer used to be, how multiplayer is today. We're going to be looking at how, uh, you know, how DLC was looked at. Is it looked like the uh, downloadable content we have today versus not having it back then? We're going to try and look at everything. And mm-hmm. uh, this is actually an opportunity to to jump into the social media and contact info. You know, we're going to see how how this podcast goes. We hope that uh, the listenership will grow. For now, we have an email, and we'd love to hear from you. It's Ovox and Chuck Tomahawk. No, excuse me. Is it just Ovox and Chuck? It's Ovox and Chuck, yeah. Ovox and Chuck at so that's gmail.com. No uh-huh. spaces, no dots, no commas. O-V-O-X-A-N-D-C-H-U-K. Chuck mm-hmm. is spelled differently. It's C-H-U-K. Ovox and Chuck at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you recommendations thoughts uh anything throw it our way yeah yeah i, I agree I, I i'm i'm excited to hear hear that get some feedback and and uh, hear what folks think about uh, what we've been talking about and you know um and share some of their experiences with us for sure yeah anything get out there we'll ha- be happy to share it on the podcast um I get to choose the next topic for the next episode. I think we're going to try and release these things bi-weekly. We'll do our best, keep it flowing consistently, keep everyone stoked. Um, And uh, we'll shoot. What else? You got any final jokes for us? Pretty well covers it. Um, I think I've hit you with all my good material. Uh, um, I'm going to save it for next time. Are we forgetting anything? I don't think we are. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, this has been New Wave Gaming, episode one in television. We'll probably come up with a swift, uh, uh, cool name for the episode. Um, but yeah, if you like it, recommend it to other gamers out there, or people you think might be interested in hearing the chit-chat, and uh, we'll get back at you in the next episode. Thank you. Chuck Tomhawk, thank you for your time, sir. Oh, I love you. you. Love you too, brother. Signing out. Signing out. Hasta pronto, wey. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you soon. Adios. Thanks, everyone. Bye.